Hello, everybody. Welcome. Episode number 11 of Sit Down Marks. I want to thank my co-host for being here with me tonight. First of all, the guy up in that corner, Mr. Uh, Texas Rattlesnake himself, now uh, uh, residing on the East Coast, uh, Mr. Uh, SDM Champ himself, one of my co-hosts, Primo Silver Fox. Always thank you, everybody. Episode 11, how far we've come so fast. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next up, my other co-host. Uh, uh, couldn't do it without both of these guys, man. But this guy is from uh, more around my neck of woods, the mean streets of Chicago. Like the meaner ones than the Road Warriors came from. Like way meaner than that. Everybody <laughs> welcome AJ to the show. From straight out of your mama's kitchen. Here I am. <laughs> All right, I want to welcome everybody for uh, coming to the show today. We're going to talk a, a little bit uh, about a, of, uh, a lot, a little bit about a lot of wrestling. So uh, we're going to recap to uh, uh, the week in wrestling. But first of all, I want to uh, thank everybody on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and now Sportinarium.com online radio. We thank those guys and all you guys uh, for letting us uh, talk to you about wrestling each week. Uh, thank you awesome. for. Uh, downloading and subscribing man we are thank so appreciative so we're much. having a blast and uh, we thank everybody you you there listening right now yeah you yeah you absolutely we appreciate it man thank all of you guys <laughs> so all right a couple things too the sound alerts are going to be on i'm, I'm dropping some uh, some brand new emotes right now on you guys so uh i want you guys to all go uh, check those out here is i'm gonna drop here a couple got a little team dirty uh, a little truck action so have fun with those if you are uh, subscribed and uh, and uh, check those out, man. So those will be fun. So got those on. Let's uh, talk about a little wrestling here. But uh, first of all, I want to thank our sponsors, Rowdy Energy. What's somebody drinking today? Let's see. You know I got me a couple Primo Wisers, some Rowdies themselves. I got a double here, double fist in them. I got sour green apple. I got strawberry lemonade. We're going to hit them hard tonight with all this wrestling information. Let's get it, boys. <laughs> How many right, rowdies man. have you already had? <laughs> Primo, I have uh, the best rowdy cherry lemonade. My cherry lemonade. Yeah. I, I found a six-pack down here and was super excited, so I bought it, and it's like crack. <laughs> Only, you know, no, nah, it's like crack. Tastier, but tastier. Yeah. That's what, what you're trying to say. I got some chiseled ice, uh, my second favorite uh, – uh, flavor there, man. This was uh, this one's so delicious. So I still want to know what that one tastes like. Yeah, and he got them there. And this like is uh, this is another one of the keto uh, kind, man. So yeah, man. It's like an iceberg punch you in the face. That's yeah, yeah. Like. So really call, 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 call during the Titanic, then. <laughs> Matt, that's pretty good. So by the way, how about this ravishing Rick Rude shirt I'm holding? I've got okay. I'm, I'm, how sweet I'm, is that? Uh, that is I amazing. Had that shirt. Yeah, and I was going to get mad when you wore it because I can't steal it from you because <laughs> you're three times the size of me. Like It would, it would be a nightgown. Yes. G yes, it would. But I might risk that just so I could have a Ravishing Rick Rude t-shirt. You know what? You could steal it from me and slice it right down the middle and it would be the super sweetest robe ever. <laughs> <laughs> you just tie it up in the middle right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, I'm not cool. about doing that. Right. I'll watch my back next time I'm around you. Got my eye on you, yeah. kid. 
All right, so, uh, but yeah, thanks everybody for listening, man. This is going to be a, a fun one tonight. So, also, our, uh, our main sponsor, Coastland Apparel. Make sure you go to coastlandapparel.com. Use that promo code BIRDTV for 15% off. AJ's got the shirt on. Primo is rocking both hat and shirt tonight. New shirt. Look at that new shirt, man. That thing is sweet. Yes, sir. That is nice. But thank you so much to Coastland Apparel. I'm uh, rocking the, the hat as usual, man. About to get me some uh, some new some some new new, uh, new Coastland new. here pretty soon. What's that? What's that promo code again? Promo code B I R D TV Bird TV at CoastlandApparel.com. So go check those guys out by buying something from them. You are supporting a uh, a small uh, company, and you're also supporting us here. At the, at the stream, so we appreciate anything you uh, could uh, to do there for us. So, and once again, thanks to Coastland. All right, guys. So on the show today, we're going to talk about our um, our, um, our recap of the week, our top five managers and valets, which I'm interested in probably more than anything so far. I think we might be a lot across the board here, but in the same in, in some ways, because we all watch different eras of wrestling. So, but let's get this show kicked off, Primo. What do you say, brother, as you take a sip of that sweet, sweet, rowdy energy? Here we go, man. Wrestler birthdays and uh, just stuff that happened in wrestling today. This day in wrestling history, May 26, wrestling. 19... 87, two years before your boy was born, the Rock and Roll Express are awarded the NWA Tag Team Championship. Now, awarded. it's not just any time, awarded. okay? This time was particularly different because the guy on your shirt, Rick Root himself, had just left, uh, him and Manny Fernandez had just departed uh, Jim Crockett and WCCW. The so therefore, and, and they were the... Uh, reigning tag team champions. What they did was uh, the NWA aired a previous match and, uh, when the Express was uh, going up against Manny and Ivan Koloff. It, when in their, they covered it up by saying that at the time, Rick Rude was injured. But really, he had departed the company. They needed to slap the belts on somebody else. Rock and Roll Express got them and that's how they did it. It was a phantom title change, 1987. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Place that it took that it took that was there a phantom place that the 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 change happened. <laughs> no, I can't. I, can't. Uh, yes, I, don't, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one. No. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, okay. Another nineteen eighty seven. for you right there. Couple of bad dudes here. The Iron Sheik and Hacksaw. Oh, oh, Sheiky baby. I like Jim how you guys Duggan. do the Jim Duggan and I do the Sheiky baby. <laughs> I, I will. They were both arrested and charged with drug possession after they got pulled over riding together. The funny part about this is they were feuding, and this is when kayfabe was super alive. They were feuding, right? And so they got pulled over and charged together. Yep, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Let back me tell you, Gene Mean. Yeah, that's, that's always one of the the road wrestling stories. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wow. Love love hacksaw the two by four. <laughs> All American white right. baby face right there, man. All day, <laughs> all day. Nineteen ninety six. Let's move forward about nine years. Did I do my math right? I did. WWF was in, they had in your house eight. Beware of dog. Interesting <laughs> title. 
I know. The, the, this event is it's notable because at the time they had a large uh, home viewing audience. It was like 147,000 viewers at home and however many were in attendance there live. What happened was there was a severe storm which knocked out the entire pay-per-view and the at-home audience was only able to view the main event. This wow. caused them to create a night two Oh. And just to satisfy the home audience, and it was also the last WWFE event that was held at the North, North Charleston Coliseum in South Carolina. What was it called? Beware of Dog? Beware of Dog. Not Beware of the Dog, just Beware of Dog. Dog. I like it. It could have been Beware of the Dog, you know, I'm not had a typo. No, uh, I'm not Beware of Dog. Beware of Dog, just... <laughs> Moving on, so that's our three three things in wrestling history today that were of interest to me. Wrestling birthdays on today, we have 1979, I don't know if y'all remember her or not, I sure do, Ashley Massaro. Oh yeah, yeah, I do uh, remember Ashley Massaro. Um, Diva Certs winner, something like that. She was uh, definitely in there, she was definitely in there. Tough enough, yeah. something like that, yeah. yeah. One, one of those. Yeah. Good looking blonde. Oh, exposed. Another beautiful blonde in 1982. Natalia, current women's uh, tag champ. I don't want to talk about Natalia. You don't? Well, I have to no. later on to, in this. In this uh, yeah, and you're going to talk about Naya, too. And if you're not nice, we'll talk about Billy Gunn, pal. That's hey, right. you're going to respect the name of Gunn, and you're going to spell it with two N's. Two I, N's. I believe it's Sorry. pronounced uh, Kip James. <laughs> Kip James. <laughs> Billy Gunn. Oh, Billy Gunn. This is the K-Tape show. 1988, <laughs> our final birthday. Original name you know him by, Dirty, is Babatunde, but now we know him as Commander Aziz. Yeah, Nice. Oh, and that is Day. May 26th in wrestling history. Thank nice. you, buddy. Well done. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a huge story with Hacksaw and Sheik, man. Uh, that was, it was. Because, yeah, the, the, face, the face riding with heels, and they found weed and drugs. Yeah. And like it's, wow, got yeah. The, got into the cocaine a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little cocaine? Yeah. A little bit cocaine. of that sugar sugar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't even got to AEW and Rory Lovett. <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. There's going to be a lot of crack references today. <laughs> I'm just going to throw them in there randomly. All right, so let's talk about today's show. First of all, anybody uh, watching today, we got some brand new stickers made. How about those? Yeah. Huh? Check those out right there. Beautiful. Yeah, brand new stand-down parks, just like the logo you see on the screen. If you would like some of these, all you got to do is message me on Facebook, DB Broadcasting, right here on Twitter, on my page. Send me your name and address, and I will send you some of these free of charge. I do not ship anywhere outside of the United States, so lower 48 only. Let's keep it in the bubble, people. Yeah, I mean, our, our, our listeners in Russia, Germany, and Belgium, sorry, guys. Man, I would love to send stuff to you over there. I swear I would love to send stuff to you. Like, I just, uh, it just, uh, it, it costs too much. To, we'll, we'll see. Especially yeah. nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in uh, the future, if our pod keeps blowing up in Europe, we'll, we'll get there. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, we will. 
Absolutely. All right. So uh, once again, thank everybody for uh, downloading and subscribing on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Sportinarium.com online radio. Primo, what time are we on uh, Thursday night on Sportinarium.com online radio? 7.30. Woo-hoo! Correct. Right after uh, their their top attraction that they have on that radio show, which puts us in prime position we are very honored to be on Sportinarium Radio. We are thankful, and we are going to keep grinding out and be on that radio show, uh, radio platform as long as they'll have us. Absolutely. Yes. We are on yes, right yes. after the Thomas Bryce Show. Thank those guys so much for bringing us on, man. We are happy yes. to be on there getting our pod out to everybody else. So we appreciate it so, so much. All right. So uh, if you guys are ready, man, let's uh, – not a whole lot of wrestling's happened in the last week. We didn't have any pay-per-views. So this is strictly uh, uh, what um, has happened. What? Oh, I thought it was just, a, just a, a normal weekly recap. It seems like it's not a lot whenever you don't have 15 pay-per-views to talk about. Right, I know. It doesn't seem like a lot. I'm like, oh, we're just talking about, okay. I'm like, all right, yeah. So, so, uh, but yeah, but watch this. will end up being the three-hour pot today. So, right. Dirk Diggler <laughs> play the Macho Man Sound Alert. Thank you, Dirk. Yeah, oh, yeah, brother. All right. Let's get this thing going, AJ. Kick us off, man. AEW last Wednesday. What's up? Dynamite. For Dynamite. Wednesday, May 19th. So, it is Christian Cage versus Matt Seidel. And uh, right when I saw Christian Cage, I was like, please don't let Taz be on commentary. And of course, Taz is on commentary. <laughs> he's, he's garbage on... Oh. So, like, I have an example of why he's garbage. So at one point, Christian is setting up Seidel on the top rope, and he's setting him up for a superplex, and... Taz says, well, this might be a suplex right here. That was my Taz impression, by the way, is spot on. It was um, pretty, pretty, you nailed it, nailed it. Man, he's going to do a suplex. <laughs> what, I don't know what voice that is, but it's like, yes, Taz, weren't you the suplex machine? Like, don't you know yeah, he was. a setup for a suplex, suplex machine? Is. That's right. And, that's, and that's he will lock the Taz mission on you if you don't stop dissing him. Little little puggy fella. <laughs> so so he the match is fine, but I I couldn't concentrate on anything but Taz. I was like, ah, you garbage. Um, <laughs> so the the end of the match, I'm just going to skip to it. Is Christian hits the uh, kill switch for the win, and then after the match, Christian helps uh, Seidel up. And you guys know how much I love the uh, the babyface show of respect and yeah. that. Uh, that happened. Seidel, you know, bows to Cage. They shake hands. They hug. Blah, blah, blah. And then Taz gets on screen. And I was like, yes, Taz is on screen. I get to figure out what he looks like this week. <laughs> I love uh, figuring out what Taz looks like. This week, Taz looks like a Russian nesting doll. Because his neck is like, wider than his head. So he looks he looks like one of these guys. Like one of the guys <laughs> right there. <laughs> Only he's wearing like an FTW hat. Oh, yeah, that's correct. Here, Taz. Anyways, so after the match, um, Ricky Starks comes out and he's wearing a suit and he forgot his shirt and socks, so he looks like a <laughs> giant tool. You're only a wrestler. You only get away with that being a wrestler. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. I feel like Cameron Grimes can do that, one, because of the Million Dollar Man, and two, because he's Cameron Grimes. He can do what he pleases. <laughs> and he's got um, a hairy chest. 
He yeah. does. <laughs> Very just. <laughs> Um, so Ricky Starks comes out and, um, you know, Christian and AEW does this a lot. They'll do this like three times this show where someone will come out and then, you know, whoever's in the ring will face that way. And then in this case, Team Taz jumps in from behind for a beatdown. Yeah. AEW's been very heavy on that lately. They, they have done that so much. Um, but it's never like, uh, like I never like roll my eyes at it. Right, um, yeah, it's not, yeah. But it was great because then uh, Hangman on the page comes out and he has his drink and he makes Ricky Starks hold his drink like the jobber he is. <laughs> so Ricky Starks is standing there holding Adam uh, Hangman Page's drink and he gets in the, re- in the ring for the save. Not a bad segment, not a bad match. Uh, yeah. What jumped out to me in this was the suplex that Taz's son gave. I think it was. I can't remember who it was. It was nasty. Like, like it was a German, you know, so he landed on his back, but it it kind of like landed Uh on his shoulder, like up against the ropes, like, uh. Yeah, yeah, that yeah was it, was, it was Seidel, I think. Yeah, not. Yeah, it was Seidel. Yeah, Matt. It was Matt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like <laughs> one of those makes you draw up, like pull up, pull a Randy Orton face. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> um. So up next, there's a quick promo with the uh, Varsity Blondes and Brian Pillman Jr., who I kept calling PBJ because in my notes I. Kept shortening it to BPJ, and then it just yeah. switched at some point. So PBJ. now he's PBJ. <laughs> he's he has a lot of work to do before he is his anywhere close to his father. First of all, great. his his hair isn't even really blonde. I mean, like the little fluffy mullet part kind of is, but mm-hmm. like the the top business part is like brown. So I don't even right. know why he's in the Hollywood blonde. Yeah, he's just got a little patch in the back, but. <laughs> a little. He's he's still really green. He's only a couple, you know. I would say less than five years into it. He is green as green. But if he can figure it out, man, this kid's got white meat baby face written all over him. He does, as long as he just keeps growing the mullet, so the Kentucky waterfall continues to flow. Be sad day if he cut that. Um, I'm next to water have... off with the Kentucky waterfall. <laughs> no, it must flow. <laughs> Uh, next, we have a promo with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, and I, I love this promo because, first of all, they're taking on the acclaimed this evening. I love and watching the acclaimed come out every time. I uh, like, I, I do, man. I do. This one was good too, man. This was good too. Like when they uh, when they ratted on uh, Renee Mox is, uh, you know, they're like, what? I, I forget what it said. Something, you know it. Oh, uh, we, 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 we want to be on the podcast. Like, yeah, they're like, your girl's yeah. calling me about oral sessions. Yeah, like oral, that. She's in my okay. mentions. He says she's in my mentions about oral sessions. And then the music <laughs> cuts, and the other guy's like, what? She just wanted us to be on her podcast. <laughs> and then that and then Moxley gives that dude a stiff shot, man. Did y'all see that? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. It, it, it was, Which I, it was hard, man. He's like, go ahead, mention my wife again. <laughs> like, yeah, just, yeah. Who, who are you to mention my wife? Well, that's, they kind of talk about that in their promo because they just make the acclaim look foolish. <laughs> Eddie yeah. Kingston calls them. 
a rapper and the other one is a rapper's friend. Like that is how he describes the acclaimed which was I accurate. I love that man. Rap and skit come out and uh, oh, uh, insults, man. I could, I could watch that all day, man. I could. I could That's if it was fun to me. But I mean, yeah, there were a couple of good lines. It's just I, I can't be bothered with it. Yeah, um, it's just I, I love the little stingers. You know what I mean? Like who they you know, you know take shots at? Like and mm-hmm. they you know they take her on the line of of. Uh, of, of, of a PG show for sure yeah. <laughs> and the stuff that they make. Is like, my kid, if I had a kid, they ain't watching AEW right now, that's for sure. <laughs> is it PG? Is AEW PG? Allegedly, yeah. I mean, uh, it ain't R rated. I know that. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, uh, Kingston and Moxley make Becomes the money. Super kick parties, which is was also funny to me because they're like, do you do super kicks? I don't do super kicks. How does one get invited to a super kick party? <laughs> Do you have to do super kicks? Do we get invited to set? I think, I think you do. I, I you don't have to deliver them or sell them. One of the two. <laughs> Selling <laughs> super kicks like door to door. Yeah. Old ladies opening the door, you just kick them in the face and. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the super kick party. Okay. Are you uh, a deliverer or a seller? Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm more of a seller kind of guy. Okay, cool. Recipient here. here. To the right, please. To the a right. Recipient. <laughs> <laughs> this is your area over here in, in the foyer. <laughs> yeah, right. And you go and you sit down with like fifteen other sellers, like yeah. the end of like the end of Beetlejuice when they're going in the doctor's <laughs> when they're in when they're in like the waiting room. <laughs> Only this time it's Austin Gunn and Matt Seidel and Ricky Starks all sitting in the oh, stupid waiting room. Where are we going? Uh, what, what are we doing? Uh, up next, <laughs> Beetlejuice. Why am here? It's a uh, natural <laughs> progression. We, we found um, the rails and we jumped off. <laughs> Do we? <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you think about how much Billy Gunn sucks, it'll go right into Beetlejuice. It's a natural progression into those categories. <laughs> I'm sure. I hate, Billy, I hate Billy Gunn so much. <laughs> so, match time. No, you're kidding. So. Eddie Kingston and John Moxley take on the acclaimed, who are uh, Max Caster and his non-rapping friend Anthony Bowens is his name, but who cares? Right. He's the non-rapping friend. <laughs> um, so yeah, you already mentioned Moxley's stiff shot, which was hilarious to me. Yeah, and Eddie Kingston in the ring, like I love Eddie Kingston, but he reminds me a lot of the Repo Man. <laughs> like he has like kind of like the same look, and he like kind of uh-huh. shuffles his like belly around the ring and stuff. I think it's great. Eddie's looked like that for twenty years. I've been watching. <laughs> it's it's just the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. God, so his his promos are so so fire. They're great. Well, same thing with Moxley. Like both of those guys, she just never stop talking. Yeah. Um. So in in the basically nothing match, you know, it was it was only to make. Make it so Kingston and Moxley hop the acclaimed in the uh, pecking order for the tag team championships, which is, I love that they rank them. I think that's fantastic. One of those things that AEW does that's just wonderful. I like that too. Um, but the finish of the match is uh, Kingsley, or, um, Kingston and Moxley hit a wheelbarrow paradigm shift for the one, two, three. Yep. Not bad. Uh, up next is a quick interview with Chris Jericho, and Dean Malenko is is back there with him. 
And um, so Jericho says that, you know, he'll answer the, the Pinnacles challenge, you know, later on in the show, you got to wait. And then he he looks at Malenko and is like, hey, you better get out of here, otherwise you're going to make the man of a thousand holds mad. And he points to Malenko. And Malenko is like, I think you know a few more than me. And Jericho just goes, I've forgotten a few of them. <laughs> That's another thing AEW does. That's great. They make like little little references slash jabs at their former jobs. Yes. This is great. Jericho yes. as the, the man of a thousand and one holes. Yep. We just on bar on right. drag. Still one of my favorite Jericho promos of all time. <laughs> right. Um so after that, we go back to the ring where Tony Schiavone is standing in the ring with Ethan Cage and Shavante. Shavante. And he's in the ring with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, boy, ego against the TV time. Oh, I cannot get behind Scorpio Sky. I think he sucks. I do. I think he's awful. I think his promos are terrible. Um, yeah, the wrestling is, fine, is the best but... part about him. Is wrestling. <sighs> So he runs down Sting, and he's like, I used to love you as a kid, but you're not the same man anymore. Scorpio Sky impression. And he's it's like, of course he's not. Sting is 30 years older than when you were a kid. Like, It's like saying, like, oh, my grandpa isn't as you know, good of a wrestler as he used to be when he was 20. It's like, get out of here, Scorpio Sky. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> He's not the same. He's old. Yeah, people age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your heroes—they grow up, you know. They get yes. old. <laughs> I can't. I just. I can't handle Scorpio Scott. Like there aren't too many people in AEW where I just groan when they come on the screen. He's definitely one of them. Um, Ethan Page does a bit better. He uh, takes credit for uh, Darby Allen's loss against Miro last uh, two weeks ago, and. Uh, which I thought was, was kind of a funny thing to say. A, a good heelish thing to say. Yeah, but yeah. then the, uh, the lights go out, and Sting's music hits, and Sting comes out onto the ramp, and then shades of not 15 minutes before this, Darby <laughs> Allen comes in from behind and starts beating him down with a skateboard, and uh, a match is announced. We'll get to that later, and I'm terrified. <laughs> Same so, <laughs> Just absolutely terrified about that match. We'll get into that. So, up next, the Pinnacle are having dinner in what looks like a lovely restaurant. Um, <laughs> and JF is still wearing his stupid scarf. I love it so much. Um, so, Dax Harwood, I, every time he talks now, I'm I'm a fan of it. I think they need to let him talk more. Because he, he, he cuts a promo about how, yeah. you know, the Pinnacle... They should be going for all the belts. Like that's what they're there to do. Instead, they just have to deal with the inner circle all the time. Which is he's absolutely right. Like the pinnacle are all great, and sure. all they do is have to deal with the inner circle all the time. So yeah, I thought it was a really good point. It's like Hatfields and McCoys. So they just constant battle. Like just they will. Yes. Over. Hope they always do. Never they're ending. Great. Never ending uh, feud. One of, one of them slams the waiter's head down onto the table at one point. I can't remember which one it was. One of them. At the nice dinner. Ruined the dinner. Anyways, up next is, is always ruining nice dinners, getting wine on MJF's scarf. 
I want one of those scarves, by the way. Like, what is that? Like a Burberry scarf or something? I want one of those. Just so I can wear it during the show. Mike could find it at your local thrift shop. <laughs> I like, yeah, Burberry scarf, yeah. <laughs> so, up next, uh, we have Rebel, not Reba. Right. This yeah. is uh, Hikaru Shida for the uh, AEW Women's Champion. Ship. Forgot that part. Um, at one point, Shida puts a glove on over her glove, and I laughed way more than I should have, because the image of her, like, because she has gloves on, like, ring gloves, and she takes out, like, one of Britt Baker's gloves and puts it on her glove. I'm like, what are you doing? That's You can't wear two gloves. You look like OJ. Um, <laughs> so the match, it's not much to it. Uh, at one point, you know, Rebel, not Rita, I don't know why I keep saying that, hits Cheetah with a crutch, uh, but she kind of no sells and then taps out um, mm-hmm. Rebel in her. I can't remember what the move is called, but she did. Uh, no, I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Really yeah. Um, so then, of course, after uh, Rebel taps out, um, Britt Baker hits the ring and hits a curb stomp onto the championship belt. On yeah. Shida, which I thought was a great spot. Good spot. I like that, too. Yep. I'm still not entirely sold on Britt Baker, but I did really love that spot. Uh, yeah. Very very cool visual. I'm just sold on her because I think she's the best women heel, woman heel in AEW. So, I think they're the I nast- she's the nastiest they got right now. I so, do. I do agree with that. Like I talked about before, like I feel like she kind of fell into this role. Because of the blood, nose broken, and then yeah. uh, you know her, her teeth, tooth knocked, whatever you know, and just a lot she of. She might be the best woman's heel period right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you think so? I mean, I don't. Like, I don't I know. Mean, the only one right that now. could compete right now is Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. But who's uh, doing? She's not doing the nasty things that Britt's doing. I mean, she's doing underhanded heel tactics, but sure. You forgot yeah. about Nia Jax, I think. Oh, you're right. She wins. She wins. You're right. My bad. Nia Jax for sure. She's on, she's on like eight wrestling shows a week. This is true. Yeah. We're about to start seeing her more. Looks like. No, no, no. Acknowledge her. Up next. Is Coming to Primo's chest next week. Acknowledge Nia. Just on that tape. Nia. Nia. <laughs> Put like a little like impact wrestling sticker. <laughs> yeah. Acknowledge Naya. So up next is another backstage segment. <laughs> it's uh taped after the match um where Orange Cassidy got injured and Omega goes back to the little uh, medical area with Don Callis and Omega wants Orange Cassidy to be the AEW mascot, which I thought was a pretty funny one. <laughs> And then Don Callis offers him a contract to uh, put off the the title match that he has coming up at Double or Nothing at a time, you know, later down the road when he's feeling feeling better. And Orange Cassidy just kind of, like, stares at the camera and then takes the contract and with, like, this bored look on his face and just, like, slowly rips it up. Yeah, like oh, just go ahead and sign it. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's like nothing. Yeah, you you don't don't have to read it. Yeah, yeah. Wherever (laughs) we can wrestle, wherever, whenever, whenever, whenever. 
So then uh, Don Callis gives him a second contract before they leave. Did you guys see the clip of uh, Chucky and Orange at the Philadelphia 76ers game? No, No, I did not. What happened? I think what happened was they thought Chucky was Orange, so they put the camera on him, and Chucky was like... (laughs) 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 And Orange is kind of like next to him, like going... You know, like just kind of like shaking his head. I think it was something along those lines. There's these two people like dancing next to him at the at the Seventy Sixers game, and so so uh, and then so they like pan off to him. Chucky, he's a big Seventy Sixers fan. He's always wearing Seventy Sixers jerseys. So they like went to him. And I, I think they introduced him as Orange, and he was just kind of like, yeah, he's doing the <laughs> thing. You know, so it was, it was pretty funny. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, Orange is like screw me, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so up next is the uh, Inner Circle's response to the Stadium Stampede Challenge issued by the Pineapple. And uh, they plug, they plug a, uh, Jericho's a little bit of the bubbly, which I immediately ordered, which comes in two bottles. So one of you is getting a bottle of Chris Jericho's little bit of the bubbly. I'm, I'm not sure. I just like saying a little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. I think that's one of my sound alerts. I'm pretty sure it is. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, it's one of the more expensive ones, I think. Uh, I, could, I could be wrong. Y'all could probably. I mean, it is the bubbly. It, it has to be. Yeah, expensive. yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, if it's Jericho, it's got to be. Uh, it's got to be. You know, one of the best ones on there. I don't know. They sprayed sure. a lot of it with a hose last week at the the pinnacle. It wasn't water. It was a little bit of the bubbly. Yeah. Um, so they're in the ring, and um, Ortiz talks. Eh, meh. It's fine. Sammy yeah. Guevara talks. Yeah, they all go down the lines. Yeah. Jake, Jake Hager. But yeah. then Jericho gets on the mic and. Double or nothing. He, we're taking you out. He does Jericho things. You know, it's great. Talking about how is it worth it to, you know, be put through so much pain and was it worth it for his family to be traumatized by him getting thrown off the cage, blah, blah, blah. And Jericho's like, uh, yeah, if I get my revenge, it's absolutely worth it. So I thought that was pretty cool. So up next, we have another match, finally, after all those uh, segments, promos, what have yous. Um, it's Red Velvet versus uh, Serena Deeb for the NWA Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Red Velvet is, of course, from straight out of your mama's kitchen. Right, yes. As, as, am, as am I from now on. <laughs> so, Hell, is so that your new moniker? Is that how you know? Hailing from your mama's kitchen. <laughs> Alright, that's it. No more main streets of Chicago. AJ! AJ! <laughs> Straight out of your mama's kitchen. Straight out of your mama's kitchen. That's it. That's it. I love it. I love it. It's All such right. nonsense. It like, is. why would you be from my mama's kitchen? <laughs> Pretty sure it I don't remember you living there. Be. Like, are you biscuits or like? Yeah. <laughs> What's your story, Red Velvet? I don't remember you being. Are you right? Sick? Right. You look at me funny, broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> this is off the rails. So, so the thing about Billy Gunn... You don't even make broccoli you, in the kitchen. That's the worst part about it. Wait, where do you make broccoli? 
Hey, yeah, you grow it. I don't know why I said broccoli. I was just thinking making. I mean, you can see steamed broccoli in the kitchen. I steamed right, some yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I should have said like pancakes or something. I don't know. I've never actually made broccoli or pancakes ever in the history of ever. Hold I'm on. not much of a cook. <laughs> yeah, you haven't made yeah, pancakes. I know this. I used to work with you. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've eaten pancakes. I've I've microwaved. Some like ego pancakes. Does that count as like fixing? They go in the toaster. Sure. Yeah, I've done. I've done that. Those okay. are those are great. But I've never like gotten out like a skillet and been like, "Hey, I'm gonna whip up some pancakes." I don't know how to whip up pancakes or anything for that matter. Me and <laughs> me and my championship are, are disappointed. <laughs> Like rightfully so. I'm an adult. I can't make anything except cereal. You're that's not right. out of my mom's kitchen, that's for sure. Mama <laughs> <laughs> would be like, uh, sir, get out of my kitchen. Straight out of your mama's kitchen, but not your mama's kitchen. <laughs> Never your mama's kitchen. My mama was like, get out of the that's kitchen. That's right up there with parts unknown now. He has, or the deepest, yeah. darkest corner of his mind. Death Valley, parts unknown, your mama's kitchen. What, black, it was Black Rain was the, from the deep, deepest, darkest parts of his, that's so stupid. <laughs> of his mind. Get right. out of here, yeah. Vince Russo. I almost cussed, but I don't oh, cuss. My, my, my favorite is Sammy Callahan, when he got, he gets introduced on the indie scene. He, mm-hmm. He's uh, he's introduced as the la- he's from the last trailer on the left. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a very evil thing. Like, like I feel like that's fitting for wrestling. Yeah, it <laughs> is, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah from the last yes, trailer on the left. Yeah, man. Uh, I used to, I used to love that. That was great. That's where Heath Slater's from too. So oh, so I met Heath Slater and I pulled like an Orange Cassidy at the Seventy Sixers game. With him, I didn't recognize him. I didn't know it was Heath Slater. I just thought he was like uh, Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman's trainer. So I like didn't even acknowledge that he was the thing at all. Like the whole time, like everyone's getting pictures of like Braun and Bray, and there's Heath Slater just kind of like moping got, in the background. And he's got kids, you know. He he, yeah, he does. He got he has kids. He's got kids. He wasn't charging. He wasn't charging for the photo. Love you. CMB baby, you know I'm okay with with uh, not acknowledging Heath Slater. Are you an honorary member of 3MB now? Is it 4MB because of you? Maybe, (laughs) maybe it is. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, is it 3MB and a half? Yeah. Undead lumberjack in in the chat. Undead lumberjack says seven. You know seven gold dust. Yep, Seven yep. was from the outside of child of, of ch- uh, child's bedroom. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh my god, that did not age well, did it? <laughs> not at all. That's terrible. Oh my god, right. I totally forgot about that, man. Yeah, I did too. Ooh. Like, did the kid's eyes like go black or something? Like, he's the kid was like, oh, I'm, I'm about to yeah. get diddled, so my eyes are going to go black. Where oh, did they say the boogeyman was from? Where did they say he was from? I'm the boogeyman. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. Uh, Where? I don't know. Somewhere you get worms from, apparently. Right. <laughs> By the abundance. Yeah. From your mama's kitchen. From your weird. mama's kitchen, right next to Worms R Us. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what they make in your mama's kitchen. Oh well. I don't even know where we are right now. We are in. Oh, we're talking about AEW. 
Uh, okay, so uh, Red Velvet versus Serena D. Let's get these notes out here. Serious business time. So Red Velvet hits a moonsault with her face. Don't know if uh, that was a botch, but mm-hmm. it was a botch. Mm-hmm. She seriously hits Serena D with a moonsault with her face. That's like, That must be the hardest part of uh, Red Velvet, because <laughs> with a face. Um, so this, this match was actually, it was actually a really good match. I liked these two working together a lot. The crowd were super into it. They started chanting, this is awesome, which I kind of agreed. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so there was, the, the ending was kind of weird. Like Serena D put, uh, Red Velvet in the, the Serenity Lock. And, like, had her in the middle of the ring, you know, after she bashes her knee on the ground a bunch of times, which looked like it hurt. And then she just broke the hold for no reason. Like, just, like, she had her in the middle of the ring, in the hold, and then she's like, nah, I'm going to break it for a second, and then reapply it. It was like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. Just just make her tap. She's going to tap. Just make her tap. Right. Apart from that, though, the, the match was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. More, it was better than I expected, uh, anyway. Is Serena Deeb a heel? Or is she a face? Uh, I think she's a face. Because she won the title from heel Thunderosa. That's right, that's right. And then Red Velvet, is, Red Velvet is whatever she wants to be because she's from my mama's kitchen. Yep. <laughs> um, so, up next we have a promo with... Um, Oh, wait, no, it's the actual match. It's uh, Anthony Agogo versus, yes, Austin Gunn with two ends. <laughs> Guess who I want to win this match? Um, if you're not done with that, I got two uh, words for you. <laughs> so, when I was watching this, I was like, am I going to hate Austin Gunn as much as I hate uh, Billy Gunn. And the answer is not. No. It no, wasn't. I don't. Austin Gunn, he had a lot of he had a lot of babyface fire and he got some some moves in on Anthony Ogogo. I mean Ogogo yeah, didn't yeah. sell them, but he definitely got his digs in. Sure. Um but then Ogogo hits uh, two bread baskets. Say give him give him a two piece. And give then, him two piece. And then two he was like, Yeah, that's not enough. And okay, so they're they're claiming that so Austin Gunn starts bleeding from the mouth, and it's like, so are you saying that he has internal injuries right now? Like he's bleeding internally from Ogogo's bread basket punches. Right. That's it was it was weird. It was a weird way to to sell it. And then uh, Ogogo was like, "Wait, that's not enough, mate." That was British and awful. So. He like gives him a pop up bread basket punch, and that'll the that'll do it for babyface Austin Gunn, who I do not hate nearly as much as Kit James. Did you see the um, headbutt there at the end? That's how. No, I mean that's how Go Go right like right there at the end when Austin popped up, he they they collided heads, and because right there as. Right there after he hits him in the bread basket, he drops. He's kind of sitting there looking at him. He's wiping from his face. He took like an inadvert, inadvertent uh, headbutt. 
to right oh. there at the very end of the match. Yeah, it was it was quick. Like you had been watching maybe three or four seconds to see what happened, but it happened. They dropped. They showed Go Go, and it started trickling down his face. He wiped it off, and then they went. You know, yeah. See, I thought I thought that was uh, uh, from the blood packet in Austin Gunn's mouth that he had. I thought he just spit it at a Go Go. I didn't see a headbutt. Uh, well, I seen a headbutt. I don't know which one they did, but I, I thought it kind of looked. I mean, shoot, they might have worked me. I, I thought it was possibly a real headbutt. <laughs> yes, yes, I got marked. <laughs> Up next, where are we? Oh, um, uh, is the bread basket from your mom's kitchen? Uh, you know it's from my mom's kitchen. Had to ask. Oh, yeah, carry on biscuits, bread basket, <laughs> bread basket, yeah. <laughs> Um, she puts the biscuits in the biscuit ham- hamper. What is a biscuit my, hamper? My bread basket area does look like a can of biscuits. So. <laughs> a bread no, basket is like a wooden thing you hold your bread in that you make at home. It's not like the you go buy them at the shelf. No, it's like it's like a it's like a hutch yeah. for your bread. Yeah, oh, yeah it has like the, the little lid on. By the yeah. way, I'm changing a go-go's. Uh, little belly punch from bread basket to biscuit case now. So. <laughs> it is not a biscuit case. Right in the biscuit eater. Right in the old biscuit eater. Um, so, after that match, uh, we go backstage, and uh, it looks like, like Christopher Daniels um, like whispers something to Frankie Kazarian, and I think they're playing it off like he's going to retire. Um, which... Christopher Daniels has been wrestling for, you know, 90 years, so... Sure. It'd be cool. Like, I would like to see him go, like, actually have, like, some sort of send-off in AEW, though. Um, but still, I, it, that's what I think they're going for. Um, and cool. then, after that, um, Frankie Kazarian says he is coming for all the members of the Elite and uses the word recompense, which... Me being the nerd that I am, marked out a little bit. Like, ha ah, recompense. <laughs> it's like saying, like, whippersnapper or balderdash or something like that. It's just very old-timey. I loved it. Gotcha. Because um, I'm a nerd, you see. <laughs> so after that, uh, they, did, they did this weird picture-picture thing where they cut a commercial, button. Sammy Gavard comes out, and he's, like, holding, like, cue cards, and he's dropping them like the stupid love actually movie and i just skipped the whole thing i was like i don't i don't care about this stop it so uh up next is uh miro who thanks jesus christ for his victory over (laughs) jerry allen oh he's so great and then uh lance archer comes out yeah, this is what? a great exchange. This is a great exchange. <laughs> like Miro, Miro lays the law right here. Like I love this man. This was good. He he rips on Murder Hawk. He rips on Jake <laughs> twice, and uh-huh. then uh, <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff. Go ahead. I love it. I love it. This well, is and good. Then, like- I love that that Lance Archer calls himself like the original beast of AEW, but he has like the two little like baby like pigtails <laughs> on top of his head. I'm like, how are how are you like a, a beast with like two little baby pigtails? Which <laughs> made me laugh even more. Right. Um, but I'm 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 so digging what you're doing with Mira right now. They're finally pushing him to be like this unstoppable monster. Love it. Yep. Um. So 
Main event time. We're All right, hang on one second. Of, My favorite line of the whole Miro thing. He looked yeah. at Jade the Snake and he said, if you ever get close to me again, he goes, there's no yoga in the world that's going to save you from what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> Talk about DDP yoga. Oh, my God. That, that is was so such a good line, yeah. He called, Jake, uh, he called Jake. He said something like, you know, every time you come out here, you always bring the old man to hold you back, you know, and then you can hear Jake go, Old man, you can hear him. And then, like, Miro kept talking like this was a great promo. It probably his best one to date in AEW, I think, on, on, on Murder Hawk. You know, and, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was so funny. And then, like, a little bit again, and then a little bit later, just when Jake stops talking, he goes back. He's like, Yeah, old man, like, you know, like I said it, what are you going to do about it? And then that's when he said, You come close to me. They, they, there's no yoga out there that's going to save your life this time. Uh, it was great, great, great. Great promo. Loved it. Uh, I bet DDP was at home watching going, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bang. Plug it. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> little bit of <laughs> Sorry, we had to, had to bang. Yeah, have right. to. Side note, uh, side note, when me and uh, AJ used to work at a restaurant together, he would come up uh, sometimes and ask me for a diet Dr. Pepper with <laughs> DDP. So he'd come up and say, with DDP every time. Bang! Every every time. Yeah. So after about me like doing that probably twenty pepper. times, he's like, "All right, soda. Like, I mean, soda. The soda. You, you want the thing? Oh. Okay." <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even like DDP. I just liked ordering it. Or I just like being like, "Hey, can I have a DDP?" <laughs> right before me and AJ, man, monkey. Would, right before me and AJ would start our shift, I'd make him do shield. Shield. Uh, <laughs> back back when Roman sucked. Before he was, yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that was either that or... Yeah, right. Yeah. He did that a lot, too. Sure did. Sure we did. Had time. Fun. It was fun. Um, so, we we are uh, finishing Main AEW. Main event. Young Bucks Woo! versus the uh, Varsity Young Blondes. Bucks. Only Young one Bucks. of which is blonde. <laughs> for the AEW Tag Championship. <laughs> How so, about Nick's... Uh, thing he wore on his head that was I, uh, I, so great like the little thing with the, <laughs> the dangly things it's the like uh, yeah. it was like uh it was like wearing a boa but uh, like on your head like yeah kinda, you know like in the front with, they're heels the man they're heels oh, they, so they are so great yeah so they're taking the varsity blonde taking on the varsity blondes only one of whom is actually blonde and i was I was a little disappointed in this match. Like, not... I just... Anytime the Young Bucks are on, I expect it's going to be match of the night, which this just wasn't. And, um... What's the other Varsity Blonde's name? Uh, the one who looks like a poodle? The other one that with... Uh, not Pillman Jr., but the other guy? Yeah, the other one. Blonde number two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mr. Blonde Pinky number Pete. two. Stinky Pete. His name is Stinky Pete from here on out. Sure. Um, Are you looking there at was that? a cool spot Prima? where uh, no, no. Nick Jackson, mm. uh, he does old school, takers old school, all the way across the ring. Yes. And at one point, he almost he almost falls when he hits the uh, the other corner. And Get then he Garrison. stomps on... Uh, Griff Garrison. I was about to say, is that not a wrestler's game? Griff Garrison. Garrison. Put that up there he with Biff Busick and uh... <laughs> Griff. 
Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Right, yeah. Um, he has a terrible look, by the way. Griff, Griff Griffin, Griff Garrison, sorry. Peter Griffin. He, he looks like, he looks like if, <laughs> is that your first, is that, is that the first impression? For Dirty Man. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, haven't did it yet today, I don't think. Uh, not yet. No, you did one earlier. Anyway. I just don't remember what it was. Uh, okay. Um, Griff, Griff Grifferson, he looks like like if a group of like 50-year-old ladies were going to go out in like 1988 and have a girls' night, Griff Grifferson is how like one of them would doll themselves up. I realize that is a completely weird reference, but that is what I pictured in my head. I'm like, that lady from 1988 is going to have herself a girls' night. Don't ask me where it came from. I don't know. Quit judging me. I'm going back in my mom's kitchen. We did Hacksaw. Tim Duggan earlier. Yes, Hacksaw. Thank you, Primo, for no-selling my nonsense. That was coming out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that a lot because it was going nowhere. Good God. Um, Anyways... Main event. Rails. Main event. So, kind of disappointing match. Um, Varsity Blondes, of course, uh, lose, as everyone knew uh, they would. Um, And then, to end the show, Moxley and Kingston, of course, come out for the beatdown. Overall, pretty solid episode of AEW. Not as good as last week, but last week was like a pay-per-view junior. So, pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I, you know, like I said, this wasn't the greatest match. You know, they kind of want to do the spray spot. You know, uh, at the end with uh, the chick that was coming out with the varsity blondes. You know, but I don't know, kind of, uh, you know, put the varsity blondes over a little, and you know, kind of expose them a little bit. Bucks make them look good, but you know, so yeah, yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah, got some work to do, but you know, it's uh, what it was. Not not too too bad. all right, next up. That's right. Charlie B. Yeah. Impact for uh, last Thursday. Impact Wrestling. We start off the show. Uh, Impact is on Access TV, channel 340 on Direct TV. I have no idea anything else. Um, they start off uh, right with the show with a graphic of, um, of Jerome Young, a.k.a. New Jack, uh, rest in peace, 1963 to, ni- or, excuse me, 1963 to 2021, 20, which would make him 57, 58 years old. So any of you guys see New Jack uh, wrestle in person ever? Uh, no. You did see him wrestle on TV, though, pay-per-view, a oh, ECW. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, one of those guys, yeah, one of those guys, I mean, we've seen the dark side of the ring, so everybody kind of knows the backstory if you didn't know already, but it was one of those guys that you, you know, he got your attention when he came to the ring because he had that kind of background of being crazy. The same feeling when Nick Gage comes to the ring. That's is what cool. I, yeah. You know? I said that, yeah, you know, yeah. watching both of their dark side of the rings, mm-hmm. like those are two guys I would legitimately be scared to see in person. <laughs> Terrified. Right. I would be terrified. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. 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 So, but, uh, yeah, rest in peace, New Jack. I did get to see him wrestle live one time at an ECW house show. And, and it was, I feel like it was him and somebody else against the Nasty Boys. 
and it was, you know, probably in front of maybe less than 100 people, you know, and these guys went at it. He he walked out of there with a crimson face and like, you know, it's, mm. he, you know, he, he, he lived up to his gimmick in the ring and it was interesting to watch. And, you know, he had a lot of crazy battles. And, uh, so, uh, thank you to new Jack for entertaining us. All right. So let's get started with impact. We start out with Rahit Raju versus Jake. What's my name? So <laughs> All right, so these guys wrestle. The match starts breaking down. Uh, Shira come, is uh, Rahit Raju's kind of man in the corner. He's kind of big, jacked-up dude. Uh, so uh, the match starts breaking down. He gets involved. Um, and then there's a, a kind of a little, a pretty good botch here. So they're going to do a table spot. They got the table up against oh, yeah. the corner of the ring. And... Uh, and um, and Shira's standing there. He's about to take the, you know, take the spike into the table. Well, something jumps too far back, and and Shira misses the table off to the left. So something goes right into the table with his shoulder, kind of like right side of his body. And so they totally kind of miss. And uh, yeah, and they, Shira like uh, slams into the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, a miss spot. He jumped too soon. Uh, it looked like Shira was in the right place, but it was like uh, something, you know, like he jumped too soon. But anyway, so it looks like they're going to start a little feud. Jake is going to be the Impact Champ at some point. It's, it's coming. It's coming. All right, next matchup, not a whole lot. Uh, Kira Hogan versus uh, Tennille Dashwood with Caleb, with a K. Um, interference happens. A couple girls run in from uh, the locker room. Next thing you know, everybody's out in the locker room. Jessica Havoc comes out, kind of cleans house. She's on a little bit of a uh, rampage right now. And then, uh, interesting, Decay comes out with uh, Black Taurus and all those other guys, uh, and our uh, Crazy Steve, Rosemary. They all come out, and they're kind of applauding Jessica Havoc, you know, and they're kind of standing there, and they're like, yeah, you know, and then um, – then, uh, so she's kind of smiling, laughing, kind of turning her head to the side. So it kind of looks like she's going to be uh, um, joining <laughs> joining uh, Decay. So so that's uh, looks like they're kind of like recruiting her. So um, next matchup, Petey Williams versus uh, VSK. This is uh, Petey is the he's the original Canadian destroyer. He's uh, um, this was uh, kind of a good match, man. It was really interesting. PD wins with the Canadian Destroyer, and uh, so that's uh, how that one finishes up. So I Next love PD Williams. I do too, man. He's great. He's always yeah. been great, even when he was like little Papa Pump. That's how I remember him. Yes, he was. Dude, his he's like a. I don't know really how tall he is. He's always been in the X Division, but I'm sure he's probably my height or taller because I'm 5'9". But he has been shredded forever. Yep. <laughs> His whole career. Yeah. He has. Everybody always forgets. He was standing right next to Scott Steiner there when he did Steiner math. He, Petey was standing right there with him. Like that, in that legendary body promo, Petey's standing right there with a the chain mail thing on his right. head. Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> Yeah, I love PD too, man. Best Canadian destroyer in the business, no doubt. Ever. Just ever. All right, next up, uh, some new feuds getting started here. Promo backstage with Rich Swan. 
he's uh he's calling out uh, Morrissey, aka Big Cass. You know he's he can't just come in here and you know take over shop. You know so but anyway, so they kind of pan in the camera close on Rich Swan and Morrissey gives him a huge boot, dude, like out of nowhere to the face. Knocks him out, so Morrissey kind of stands over him, holds his hand up, you know, and so looks like they're going to start. S-A-W-F-T. Yeah, so. Let's not even how that's spelled. I actually watched this video the other day with the Skywalker Smack Talker on it. Oh, yeah. Is it where he just gets absolutely destroyed in the ring and has to get taken to the No, no, he was just, like, shooting on, like, Different promotions, like, yeah. like, oh, really? you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of uh, like, uh, like videos out there like that where he shoots on people. All right, next up, uh, promo backstage. Uh, that was it. Uh, uh, we go, uh, excuse me, to more backstage. Uh, Swingers Palace Casino. Everybody's back there betting on each other, and you know that kind of stuff. So nothing really going on. So, but Johnny, next okay, Johnny Swinger, he's good. He's good, but the, the, but the laugh gets, is so obnoxious. <laughs> Every <laughs> time. <laughs> like, I'm just like, it, it, it's, it's obnoxiously annoying, but it does its job. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when he says daddy, and he's like a cutback to the old, like, uh, his gimmick is like the old circus wrestlers, you know? Right, like, like the old Carney, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when he says Mizarks, too. He calls, uh, he calls <laughs> Mizarks. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, so uh, here we go. The kind of the meat of the show starts. Moose comes out. He's very serious. He's got a, a suit on from top to bottom. Uh, he, he cuts uh, promo on Omega, tells him that he's the true wrestling god, blah, blah, blah. Well, Omega's music hits. We get in our first little face-to-face. So Omega comes down with Don Callis. They come out and they face off. Callis starts talking to uh, uh, Moose about He's never won anything in his life. And he goes, you've never won anything in football, which he played for my Falcons. So, of course, he didn't win anything. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he, they, they, the funny thing was that he goes, he, uh, Callis goes, you was even in Ring of Honor, and you didn't even win a championship there. Yeah, so that was kind of a low little stinger. Yeah. So and then uh, so just continue to talk about he won no rings in football, no championships. You know what makes him think he's going to beat you know the best in the world, Omega. Blah 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 blah. So so uh, you know they act like they're going to start mixing it up a little bit, and then Gallows comes out and um, and looks like, looks like they're going to jump on uh, Moose. And then uh, a little bit of a swerve, they do some little uh, little tricky TV action, and it's like, zzz, and it's black. <laughs> Sammy Callahan's logo comes up. Zzz. Sammy's back. He's all of a sudden standing in the middle of the ring with a baseball bat, clears everybody out. Right, yeah, and then feels like a uh, Undertaker, the Fiends. Type yeah, 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 yeah. He's got like this. He's doing like this little hacker, uh, yeah. which is funny because that was his gimmick when he was in NXT. NXT, like In yeah. the very, very beginning. So, anyway, he's doing... Yeah, so he shows up in the ring, runs everybody off, and then... Um, and then... Uh, so, it's kind of Moose and Sammy there. And then they go to commercial and come back from a commercial. It shows Sammy walking down the hallway, and Moose comes out to him and says, you know, don't expect an apology from me. And Sammy's like, no. He's like, but whoever wins between you and Omega, I'm coming back for my title, basically. So... Next up, right before uh, main event, Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. Backstory, they both just lost the tag team titles. 
So uh, Scott Demore puts them against each other in a match. Rachel Ellering wins, uh, and then they hug at the end of the match, and uh, we'll see where that goes. All right, so main event, interesting. Uh, Primo's boys, Fan Juice, Fan Juice, juice. <laughs> against Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. All right, so yeah. this is for the tag team titles. Okay, so a little little weirdness. Finn Juice wins and retains, but after the match, they're attacked by Violent by Design, which is Eric Young, Rhino, uh, Joe Doring, which if you don't know Joe Doring, he's a big Texan-looking dude. He wears the old cowboy uh, uh, boots like Dusty and all those guys used yeah. to wear back in the day that look like boots. He's a big-time uh, wrestler over in Japan. He's kind of known for tag teams, but he's been over there a long time. So anyway, so it's it's him and Rhino. They cast in this call your shine oh, yeah. cup mm. that, that they won at the pay per view, and then so they cash that in like the Money in the Bank briefcase. Eric Young says we're calling our shot right now. Well, Finn Juice had just been through a big long match, uh, 20, 25 minutes or whatever, and so um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, Rhino and Joe Doring. Uh, are in a match with uh, with Finn Juice and uh, uh, Gore by Rhino and uh, Doring with a he, he does like a big hard kind of Texan Bradshaw clothesline like the lariat yep and then uh, brand new and new, tag new! Team Impact Tag Team Champions is how it goes off by, by design on top Gore Joe Doring holding up uh, the belts and uh, that's the end of Impact. Um, they advertise. Uh, let's see. Uh, what is it? Um, what is it? I had it here. Oh, June the 12th is the next pay-per-view against all odds. So that is Impact. So next up, we got a big, long uh, run of SmackDown Raw and NXT. But before we get started, man, I want to thank everybody on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and now on Sportinarium.com, online radio for subscribing, downloading the show. We thank everybody so much. want to thank Rowdy as well. Rowdy Energy Drink, uh, powering us through the show here. Go to my Twitter page, Dirty Bird, with two eyes in the bird, 33, over uh, a Twitter, and uh, get our... uh, Use my link there to, to order yourself some rowdy. Also, to coastlandapparel.com, www.coastlandapparel.com. Use promo code BIRDTV, B-I-R-D-T-V. And thanks to our sponsors. So, all right, Primo, Friday night SmackDown last week. Uh, let's, let's get started on that, man. What happened? All right. Get you a little drink. Everybody, sit down, buckle up, because you're about to listen to the champ talk for a few minutes. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, SmackDown recap. Show opener. We had, we opened the show up, so it was announced over the weekend, I believe, that, or it was actually previous, prior to that, it was before Friday, uh, that they get their live events, WWE live events are going to start in July. Mm-hmm. So they opened the show with Sonya Deville uh, in the ring. And all the champions on the stage, minus champions Roman. parades, what they call it. So mm, correct. So they parade. had a champions parade where she goes through, and she like, she well, first of all, she runs down the mysterious. Right, she does. Which is hilarious. <laughs> um, cool, and so uh, basically, she goes through all the champions. It ends up uh, towards the end there that uh, 
she's like in your universal champion Roman Reigns. Out comes Paul Heyman. He's like, first of all, you know, relax there, Sonya. You're not gonna. We'll come to you out when we want to come right, out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So they that never happened. Roman never came out, but. Uh, a, a a brawl between the women's champions and former women's champions plus Bailey did break out, which led into a six women tag team match, and yep. that ended up being the first match of the night. And Shayna, Nia, and Bailey defeat Natalia, Tamina, and Bianca in the first match. Uh, yeah, all right. Way to start out with a big hater there, boys. Yeah, I mean, get the Thunderdome going. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, then we have, this part actually had me laughing. So, King Corbin comes out. You remember last week, Shinsuke stole the crown, man. So, King Corbin comes out, and he's just like... Uh, getting ready to do the match, and then they they play this package of all the things that Shinsuke has been doing with the crown since last the week prior, <laughs> and it's like him, uh, you know, running in his car and doing all and everything he has the crown on. Just hey, he's having a good old time with this crown. <laughs> and then afterwards, Corbin's like, you know, I was just ready to have the match, but now I saw that, and I'm really ticked off now, so he starts talking about how it's disrespectful, he's not the real king, you may call yourself the king of strong style, but I'm King Corbin. He calls Shinsuke out, but instead of Shin- Shinsuke, we get this electric guitar-toting oh man named God. Rick Boogs, B-O-O-G-S, Rick Boogs uh, comes out. Alright, yep. Oh my God. Eric Bugenhagen. Eric Bugenhagen. That's where he got the Boogs from because his name's Eric Bugenhagen. He um, he's he's been in NXT for a while, kind of a flash in the pan. He or, or he had a small little, like I said, flash in the pan where he, he used to have this gimmick where he came to the ring and he played this air guitar and he would just be like just be totally getting into it, like doing a solo, all kinds of stuff. And but he has been. He's he's been on commercials lately. He's the like the old spice guy or oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's him. That's the okay, same guy. Okay, got, got you it. know I I thought I would uh, uh, recognize him. You know. Yep. Yep. There you uh, go. So Eric Bugenhagen. You like have you. enough air guitar air guitar people between him and Cool Kyle O'Reilly and uh, yeah, real guitar player Elias. So uh, get over play guitar. And if we have Legends Night, you know, Honky Tonk. Uh, so. <laughs> he couldn't play the guitar, though. Like, he was terrible. <laughs> like, he was just moved his hips. Yeah, he just moved his hips. We might have. Well, we, okay, we'll replace that with Double J. So, so he comes. So, Rick Boobs comes out. He introduces himself. And then. He says he's about to rock out for the real king. Yeah. And he begins to play Shinsuke's intro as Shinsuke uh, comes out. So yeah, he's out I here. Out. So I like it, man. He's ripping oh, yeah, yeah. for Shinsuke's yeah. intro. <laughs> and, you know, Shinsuke, he's all about, you know, being the artist and, you know, doing the yeah. whole thing. And so he was, with, he was into it, you know. And that made it ten <laughs> times better. Passing out. And <laughs> I love Shinsuke so much. Um, I love him. In the middle, so they end up having their match, Shinsuke and Corbin. But in the middle of the match, there's a distraction by Boogs where he stands on the announcer table, starts playing the music again, 
and which causes Shinsuke to win over Corbin. And then uh, Rick Brooks play, plays him out <laughs> as they leave. So, yeah. so I, I have a problem with this match. So, first of all, like I did... I loved Rick Boogs playing Shinsuke's theme so much. I love I love Shinsuke so much, but he is like he he's a world renowned wrestler, like one of the best in the world. Why is he beating Baron Corbin with distraction finishes and roll ups and stuff? I get angry. I mean, I love that Shinsuke's finally winning. Like maybe they're going to do something with him. Yeah. But why, just just let him win clean. Like just he get, put him over. Clean. Yeah. He's, 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 like, stuck in the, uh, he's been stuck in, like, the the comedy mid-card section. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And let's be honest, his biggest feat so far is probably winning the Rumble. The Rumble, yeah. I mean, and, uh, and then that was kind of... And then... You know, and, then yep. and then they were going to India, so he had to lose to Jinder Mahal, so they could have an Indian champion. That's the modern-day Maharaja, so right. relax. Right, Respect him. Yeah, <laughs> I I will not acknowledge him. No. Maharaja. So, oh, I forgot that I wrote this in here. This is great. So after this, we come back from commercial and Roman. They arrive. They arrive out to the ring. Tracksuit Roman. It, that's exactly what I wrote down. Roman comes out. In a tracksuit, just yeah. like Big Cuss. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing says like business than a tracksuit, right? No, yeah. I'm going to kick your tail. So just like Big nice Cuss the Rock, he comes out in a tracksuit. Uh, yeah. Roman, oh, this was good. I did like this a lot. He said, <laughs> Roman, or excuse me, uh, Paul, because they weren't there for the uh, Parade of Champions. Sure. Says, Paul, I will. I'll allow you to celebrate me. And, so, and Paul's like, "Oh, you will! Oh my gosh!" So he, he goes and he just, like, starts just freaking gushing over Roman and yeah, talking yeah, yeah. all the stuff. After him, him and celebrates Roman. Cesaro arrives, and they're just like, you know, it's the face Roman even makes just like this guy again. Like, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, but then Rollins attacks Cesaro. And that's how that whole scene finishes. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have Dominic defeating Robert Roode. Yep. All right. No, no, not in a million years. It would. No. Yeah. No. 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 That's not glorious. That is not <laughs> glorious. Not glorious. That is not glorious. That was not beer money or whatever other beer money. Body um, has had. Were you here for our tag team? Oh, heel pen. Um, <laughs> oh, see, I hear it started. <laughs> uh, so our main event for SmackDown was Apollo in a fatal four way uh, for IC Championship on the line against KO, Sami Zayn, and Biggie. They had the match, but in the middle of the match, we had a return, my friends. We've been seeing the promo packages, the video packages for weeks now. Yeah. Alistair Black finally returned. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Come back. Love Black it. Mask to Biggie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dude, 
Kicked his head clean off his shoulders. <laughs> right. Wasn't he being held by somebody or something? Because he kind of leaned into it. there. Yeah. 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 But and so Apollo ends up winning and retaining his IC championship, and that's how we end the show with that hype that Alistair Black has returned. I don't think uh, I don't think it was possible, but he definitely has more tattoos. Yes, he, he looks, does. I didn't, he, he looks a little slimmer. A little slimmer. More space. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, legs! Like I've I noticed his legs first. You know. He already had them like on his yeah. kneecaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, he's uh he's going completely field, I think. So but man, I'm I'm glad to see him back. I love the black mass, I love the interest music, you know, uh yeah, I like all that man. You like his entrance comes up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always kinda like that, yeah, yeah. It goes along with the candles and the smoke and the music, you know. Very gangrel ish. Yeah, yeah. It is very gangrel. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be I'm gonna add that to list at some point. We're gonna talk about entrances because um the Gate of the Brood was one of For my sure. favorites, man. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. All right, so that was SmackDown from last Friday. All right, so this past Monday, uh, Monday Night Raw, just a couple I days ago. This, so I, I watched this, what, yesterday at, at like 11 o'clock at night. I was putting it off as long as I could. Well, I this is the thing, too, is uh, I actually watched it this morning um, uh, right before – uh, it was the last one I had to make up because I, I watched uh, NXT last night. So it kind of shows the order, pecking order of, you know, I want to watch AEW first. And then I want to watch, uh, you know, and then I want to watch NXT probably. And then, you know what I mean? So the pecking mm-hmm. order of watching so many good two-hour shows. And then I get to Raw, I'm like, ugh, three hours. Ugh. My, you know, but I don't know. Like I saw a few little tidbits, which we'll go through. Primo talk that. That yes. might be turning around. So hopefully, I mean, fans I watch it. Fans are going to help chronologically, but that's only because I write notes as I do it. Sure. Uh, however, as we go on, raw recap: the show opener, <clears throat> we have Mr. MVP in the ring, and he introduces the Almighty WWE Champion Bobby Lashley to the ring. He arrives. With his, you know what I was gonna say this last week, <laughs> I didn't know, and I'm not gonna say it this week because we are a family friendly show. But it, it's in reference to the Godfather. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, we know. Yep. It was very uh, along those lines. Though, is what yeah. Always, that's what we right. always think now when there's like an entourage of women following a wrestler, you know. You're like, you know exactly. And it's just because of the Godfather is ingrained in our brain. Exactly. The, the lady of the evening train. <laughs> right. So, Lashley and MVP talk about how they are done with Drew McIntyre. They're tired of him. He's he's a pest and he won't, he, he won't go away. And you know, I'm st- you, you find yourself starting to, to agree with the heels a lot. A little bit, yeah. And I yeah. Lo- don't get me wrong, I love Drew. Me too. But there comes, I love what happens. Actually, it happens next. I'm going to talk about it. Drew McIntyre comes out. Surprise! Uh, he tells Lashley that he thinks he doesn't, that Lashley himself has not won clean over him yet. And he's like, face it, Lashley, you don't think that you can quite measure up to me because you haven't beat me clean yet. Uh, out comes the New Day, and Kofi says, "Let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget that last week he pinned the champ. 
Yep. He then tells Drew yeah. that he did not need, nor did he want his help. And he says, Sir, you need to step aside after rematch, after rematch, after rematch, after rematch, after rematch. Yeah. So get your behind to the back of the line. That's, yes. It's very accurate. It's very accurate. Yes, it is. So, They've wrestled ten times since Mania. Which, yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. why we're growing tired of this specific. Exactly. So... Adam Pearce interrupts says this is going to be solved by Kofi and Drew having a match where the winner will face Lashley at Hell in a Cell for the championship. Mm-hmm. Kofi, and, Kofi and McIntyre end up having their match, but it ends in interruption by both MVP and Lashley attacking what? Kofi and McIntyre at the same exact time. No. But Bobby Lashley ends up getting hit with some trouble in paradise and a Claymore kick. So... We'll learn more about what happens with that later on. Taking those Coming up backstage, we have a segment where Charlotte's talking to Rhea Ripley, but up comes, the, you know, they're doing their same old exchange back and forth. Up mm. comes Nikki Cross looks so small next to them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's because yeah. they're both very tall women. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and Alexa's about the same size, I think. Right. Uh, and they were hanging out together a lot so that, you know, you, you forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't notice when they're sitting in chairs holding coffee. You know, right. like. <laughs> so anyway, she, she's talking about how she'd like a match, and Charlotte's basically like, well, I'm not wasting my time with you. I, you know, I got the match with Oscar, and, uh, I, but if I did, I'd beat you in, in under two minutes. And Rhea's like, says something to Charlotte, like, this is what you do, you always talk down to people, and Charlotte coaxes her into it, and says, well, why don't you go out there and do it then? Yeah. You know? So, uh, we end up having a match with them later on, which uh, ends up being, we call it, you know, beat the clock challenge, two minutes uh, or less, with Rhea and Nikki Cross. Rhea gets kind of, at first she's, she's being real cocky with it, so this is where She's supposed to be a heel champ, mm-hmm. but Charlotte's, Charlotte's a better heel than she is. Sure. Yes, so it's like is. Rhea is a heel sometimes. And anyway, <laughs> in the ring, she's doing this whole like you know checking her watch thing, looking at the clock. Like I got all I got all day. We could wait till like basically forty five seconds before I decide to go in on you. And uh, she's doing that for a while, and then they actually start exchanging. Rhea gets. Uh, she loses track of time and ends up losing to Nikki Cross, at which time Chris, uh, Nikki Cross. <laughs> Charlotte Flair comes out, and she's laughing at Rhea Ripley. I loved it, though, because she gets to the the floor outside the ring, and Nikki Cross is just like, you know, like, she won. She's so excited, and Charlotte's like, she's like, get away from me. <laughs> she's like, get out of here. I don't need no fans. Don't she's like, no you're, fans. you're too close. You're too close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and that right there, you know, makes Charlotte a better heel. So, mm-hmm. backstage, we get the news for the Kofi and Drew match because they're upset. There wasn't a, uh, a definite finish to the match, so there's, there wasn't a... A, a result of who's going to face Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Right. So he he says this coming Monday there will be a rematch between Kofi and Drew, and the winner will f- 
face Lashley at Hell in a Cell, and not only that, he talks to Lashley and MVP later in the night and tells them that if they interfere in the rematch next week, then they will be suspended without, uh, without pay for 90 days at least. Ooh. And then, Ooh. And then he, tells, he tells Lashley, he says, you look like you can afford it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'll take 90 days off. Yeah. Hey, why not? So we have uh, Charlotte Flair defeating Asuka. It's such a wrestling, um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like, you know, you're suspended for 90 days, and then somebody gets suspended and makes a big return, you know? Oh, yeah. Or, or they come they back as, uh, well, what did Hogan, Hogan got suspended, and then he came back as Mr. Mr. America. Mr. America. <laughs> Mr. America. He's like, I'm not Hulk Hogan, brother. <laughs> Oh, he's just great. like Mr. America. He's just like uh, <laughs> doing the whole thing. Oh, it's like oh, the, it's the minerals and the treasure. Uh, <laughs> you know it's you. Oh, uh, did he ever get unmasked? I don't remember if he did or not. But when he did, they were like, "We're if that we we just knew it was him the whole time." Yeah, that was the whole thing. I feel like Hulk got reinstated, so he, it was uh, like a, a thing that the it was like a secret between the fans and Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I was like, shh. And wrestling! <laughs> yeah, I love wrestling. So, uh, next up we had another match between Shelton and Cedric Alexander, except Shelton's in the ring first, Cedric comes out with his annoying voice and talks for like five minutes, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At first I was like, why does he sound like Chris Rock? But then he started getting even worse. <laughs> um, he has a real grovelly, hoarse, high-pitched voice. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he's just—he's like, like a dinosaur. Yeah. He just talks about, uh, you know, she, they didn't kick both of them out. They kicked Shelton out, and Cedric was just collateral damage, basically, is what it came down to. And yeah. Shelton's aged, whatever. So he ends up going. He ends up beating uh, Shelton Benjamin, and that's so that, that so now they're they're one and one now. So clearly they'll have a third match. Big ball off the hell of a sale, boys. Yeah, big ball yeah. yeah. On the pre-show. The kickoff. <laughs> this one right here, and I actually saw a, I think it was a, I don't remember if it was a tweet or just a message from Randy Orton later about this. But So Matt Riddle, uh, original bro himself, has a match with Xavier Woods, uh, and he ends up... <laughs> They have a good match, and mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was after, a good match. after a couple good, uh, you know, close pinfalls, he decides to hit him with an RKO out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, the, gets the one, two, three, and then gets on the ropes, does the the Randy Orton pose. <laughs> then oh, then as he's like, walking out, he's like, "This is for you, Randy. This is for you, bro." <laughs> Good stuff. I saw Fantastic. I saw this I saw like uh, I don't know if he's you know it's probably Randy Orton you know just working but he's he was like don't steal my crap basically was what he said <laughs> yeah because um, oh, you know people would if it, if they weren't partners and if uh, you know they weren't doing the whole like Matt Riddle's under the learning tree idolizing Randy Orton thing then it would be a problem <laughs> right. Yes. right it would be. But at the are end of the day, you know, RKO, you got freaking see? Johnny Ace, DDP, everybody else who did a cutter. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, are we going to see Randy Orton, like, 
pass the the cutter torch down to, to Riddle. To like, Riddle? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. You got KO doing the stunner now, so. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That was almost, yeah, the, I mean, the cutter, a lot of people's used that. The stunner, you know, it, that was basically just Stone Cold's move, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it was. You know, it, when, he when, even delivers it like Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I remember I heard an interview one time where Stone Cold was like, look, kid, if you're going to deliver it, you know, that is like, he's like, that's an important move, basically. Like, you know, make it count, and they're, they're not kicking out of it. Yeah, and you got you to gotta sit down on it, too, to mm-hmm. make it. To make it look good. So Riddle, so he goes over that match. Next up, we got uh, Jackson Riker one on one with AJ Styles. He ends up winning because he gets help from Elias. Mm-hmm. Then you get the big man come out, Omas, and that dude can move. <laughs> I've never seen him run that fast. <laughs> yeah, he got he got up that ramp pretty quick. And then he yeah, uh, basically threw Elias into the LCD board or LED board. Which, I mean, they did, nothing came of that, but that was how that ended. Next up, we had Sheamus defeating Humberto Carrillo, but at, afterwards he attacks Humberto Carrillo, but Ricochet makes the save. Mm. Was the tag team form here? It could be, uh, or maybe they'll have to... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I surely... I don't want Ricochet to be in a tag team. Yeah, but I don't see him winning any single belts other than the United States... No, really? I mean, I mean, twenty-four-seven. He might win twenty-four-seven, though. I think he would with our trailer. Yeah. Akira Tazawa just—he took the belt off. That's right. Yeah, he won it. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't think of it either. He got rolled up for the five thousandth time. Yeah, he's the he's the most winningest twenty-four champion or twenty-four-seven champion. Our truth is. So uh, this isn't like an official title. It was then he's the most decorated champion of all time. Of all time, it's like fifty something wins. Uh, <laughs> well, the main event trying to pin him out in public yet, like any fans. You know what I mean? I like, so. like like Akira, like he's just randomly walking out of the house. <laughs> the guy it's comes by like tries to roll him up, like like as a joke or something. I mean, you know, <laughs> gets his lights knocked out. Schoolboy. <laughs> So, uh, up next was the main event, and it was probably AJ's favorite moment of the night because it had uh, Shayna and Nia Jax in it to challenge for the... There was their rematch for the Women's Tag Team Championships. However, uh, due to somewhat of a distraction because Reggie almost pulled a, Je- almost pulled a Jeff Hardy pyro incident... Uh, yeah, Samoye. Yeah. Samoye. So Natalia and Tamina end up going over due to that uh, distraction, retain their championships, yeah. and Raw goes off the air with Shayna threatening Reggie and telling him that they're going to go and have a match next week. And that was the end yeah, of gonna... Monday Night Raw, your premier show for WWE. You end it this way. With a terrible comedy slash Nia Jax angle. I hated it so much. Enough said. This is why I um, am not very 
happy about watching Raw right now. So no, things like that. I put it off until eleven o'clock last night. Yeah. I will say I think here lately I've been hearing a lot more promotion for SmackDown and Fox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I will say though, Xavier Woods is so underrated. It makes me sad. He's so good in the ring. I love watching him in the ring. Yeah, yeah. he's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, this was a good match too. Um, shoot, was it was was it something about Nia Jax? Was it something about we're talking talking about SmackDown Fox? Oh yeah, um, your mama's kitchen. No, what I heard was Fox was pushing SmackDown to go back earlier in front of fans than USA was. Um. Than USA was on Raw, you know what I mean. Versus really? like Fox was pushing more than than uh, than USA was about everybody going back uh, back in front of fans earlier. So, I had something to do with it. So, all right, well, that's how Raw went off. So, I'm excited to hear about uh, NXT. I told the boys before uh, we uh, started here. I did not get to see the last hour of NXT. I think the last thing I saw was uh, was Million Dollar Man and uh, Cameron Grimes. That was the last thing I saw, so I did not see how this thing uh, shook out, and I did not see um, uh, any spoilers or anything, so I wasn't on social media much today. So. All right. All right, Primo, NXT. Let's get it done. Last one. Promo package. They, they opened up the show with a promo package. We all knew it was going to happen. Cross versus Balor 2. Uh First of all, I want to say they start up, they open up with this promo package, right? And which is a good promo package. It was, yeah. And then mm-hmm. afterwards, they do the zoom out off of this awesome, almost looks like a, a boxing graphic. Yeah. With the, the big two in Fal- Valor and Cross. Yeah, yeah. Like why, don't they, why, card. why don't they yeah, put this effort into the main shows? I know. Like this uh, small yeah. stuff, I enjoy so much. Like, you know? it made it seem way more important. I mean, it is an important match. I mean, this is it, a, a it big is, match. But, but it, it may be get invested more, you sure. know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, yeah. and, and that's Same. the kind of stuff that I don't think the main shows are even, you know, Attempting anyway, moving on. Right now. So, I got you. I feel you. Same. Oh man! So we so first match of the night we have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. They end up ha- uh, they, they have a tag team match against Raquel Gonzalez, which is the NXT Women's Champ, and Dakota Kai. But Ember Moon and Shotzi end up winning the match, but Raquel attacks Shotzi. She like destroys her after the match, and uh, Dakota holds up Ember and makes her watch. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean. That you know, Raquel is just she's being vicious, a vicious champ. Yeah, yeah, she's turned into a bull a little yeah, bit, a little bit. Yeah. Next up, we got we have the in-ring return of Bobby Fish. Unfortunately, his first match was against Pete Dunne, and he lost. <laughs> <laughs> he lost horribly too. So I got one question for you guys though: How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fish fry could fish? Fry fish. <laughs> We still well, if, it, if it's Friday, it's probably all you can eat. Yeah, probably. Especially out here in the Midwest. They love that. That's where I'm from. I used to work at a restaurant on 16. That's what I did every Friday night. Fish Friday everywhere. Yeah, that's right. All right. So, oh, man. All right, we some fried catfish. <laughs> <laughs> so, after you match, Oni Larkin attacks Bobby Fish, uh, and he just 
just basically goes off on him. And what I liked it, I didn't like, like, that was cool. But the what part I liked about it was Pete Dunn was just like, <laughs> yeah, he always does that struggle. Yeah, he's like, yeah, like oh, okay, well, yeah. he's like, my friend did a sure. thing. That's cool. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> he's like, I'm not, I'm not his babysitter. Let him do what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, so, next up, we had Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Ted the million dollar face off, had been advertised since the prior week. They were talking about how, you know, Cameron Grimes is like, look, man, I, I've been trying, ever since, you know, I got rich, I've been, got the gold watch, I've been trying to do my thing, and you just, he just keep uh, outdoing me, and Ted's like, look, kid, I actually like you a lot, uh, you, you got a good thing, I got to see a lot in you, and right about that time when he says he's looking for somebody, out comes L.A. Knight. Oh, uh, yellow shades. He is, man, looking like a million bucks himself. And he let talks talk like it's too. Yeah, let me talk to you. L.A. Knight comes out, and he, he, he gets in the ring, and they, they have some words there. He basically talks about how, like, you know, this smuck, look at me, type situation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And ends up laying out Cameron Grimes. And a million dollar or Ted DiBiase does his laugh. I can't. You, anybody? You want to give it to me? Oh, that's actually really good. <laughs> I, I spot on. Ten out of ten. I'll leave it right there. Uh, all right. So he does that, and then Ted DiBiase leaves with LA Knight. So could be his guy now. Could be. Strap the rocket yeah. on LA night, baby. Let's go to the moon. Bring back the million dollar championship. Are you guys, are you guys fans of oh, I heard I or I didn't hear, it's not like I talked to wrestlers. I read that the WWE is thinking of bringing it back. Yeah. Yes. He's got a AJ cool. talks to the writers of NXT. That, that would work. They call like me. That idea. They call you. They, they know that you're. Uh, they know you that you're one of the hosts of, of Sit Down Marks. So they got to right. give you. Yes, yes yep. they do. They like, call hey, about people listen to you in Belgium, right? I better talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> they they call him AJ like we do. Like they know. Yeah, just like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just AJ. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Uh, okay. Next up, after because first of all, we hadn't seen LA Knight in a while, so that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. After that, we also have the in rating debut. I want to say this whole show felt almost as good as a takeover. Yep. I that's, why, that's why I was mad when I couldn't watch the last half of my show, man, because I was so interested, invested. This was a good show in the first hour. I don't know what happened in the second hour, but I was freaking all in this one in the first hour. So right good. after the million-dollar face-off, we have the in-ring debut of Frankie Monet. Mm-hmm. Ty comes Valkyrie, out. a.k.a. Yeah, Ty yes. Miss yep. Johnny Morrison, or Johnny... Uh, Drip drip. Yes, drip, Johnny drip, drip. drip. I was going to say Johnny Moon. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say on Monday? Did he say something like, Welcome to the Splash Park? Or what was it? Welcome oh, to- I, dang welcome it. I don't know. He did say something silly. Yeah. yeah he said, You're going to need Because uh, he was talking, they had these wrestlers doing, you know, uh, oh, we're going back on the road. You know, I'm going to be wrestling in front of you guys. And he goes, 
he said something like, I'll be back on the road wrestling with you. You're going to need a, a, a raincoat or something because... Welcome to the Splash Zone. <laughs> Welcome to the Splash Zone. Yeah. Jeff Jeff. Drip drip on the side of his head. He says, this, okay. Drip. Giant drip rips, drip drip smut, or uh, PBJ? <laughs> PBJ? <laughs> I'm going to go... Because PB&J doesn't have anything written in his mullet. He has no words. He doesn't even have the racing stripes. No. That is a baby mullet, PB&J. No, Brian Pillman, he's got the old school Manny Fernandez raging bull, like curly in the back, tight in the front. Like the perm mullet? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. perm, just like a spot in the back, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Johnny Drip Drip Smollett. Johnny Drip Drip Smollett. You can't beat that. I don't want that name, though. I can't help it. So, <laughs> Frankie Monet defeats Cora Jade in the ring. Clearly, it's her in-ring debut, and she's mm. she destroyed her. What if um, she loses? Like her in-ring it. debut. Yeah. I mean, you mean like Bobby Fish losing his return? Yeah, uh, at least it wasn't to a roll-up or something. The right, schoolboy. Schoolboy. <laughs> the new after this, we have the new North American champion Bronson Reed in the ring. Hang on one second, Let me talk about uh, Frankie Monet for a second. Did you guys see at the end of the match where it was Beth Phoenix was on the panel, right? And it's mm-hmm. like she was waiting because uh, Frankie's finisher is used to be the Glamazon's finisher. That right front face, like Gord Buster, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, so she had that move up in the air, and she hadn't even finished it yet. She hadn't even planted it yet, and Beth goes, oh, that looks familiar. You know yeah. I mean? like, she was waiting, bated breath to say that. Yeah, yeah. it's like the whole match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one's familiar, and she hadn't even flattened her yet, you know. I'm like, yeah. let her get the move like, out. You know? Yeah, like, it's or like say it next time for debut. It was like the first time that like Undertaker hit the tombstone, and I can't remember which announcer it was. Was like, oh, he hit the tombstone, and I think it was Bobby Heenan. Was like, wait, what? What was it called? And he's like, I think it, I think it was Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, yeah. He was like, I think it's called the tombstone, and tried to cover it up. It's like, shut up and let the match be the match. Like, yeah, come on. yeah. Not bad. The Bronson no, Reed. No, you're good. You're good. Bronson Reed. Uh, Johnny Drip Drip. Which makes me think of you talking about the tombstone. Makes me think of El Phantasmo, the way he pins, <laughs> the way he pins people right now. He's doing yes, the yes, yeah, Undertaker yeah. pin. Yeah, he's doing the Undertaker pin. He's gyrating to the ring like he's ripping everybody off. But at least he's ripping everybody off, like everybody together. Like he's yeah, giving, he's, doing, he's, he's he's showing no favoritism. He's giving yeah, everybody yeah, no, yeah. He's, yeah. He's across yeah, he, the board. He's warming up the band, super kicking like yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Colossal Bronson Reed talks about how all his hard work has paid off and how he basically, you know, wants to be a symbol that people, that kids can look up to that shows, you know, you work hard, you can eventually become a champion just like he did. But then he says, everybody in the locker room has a colossal mountain to climb if they ever want to take the belt off of him. Well, right after he says that, out comes... Legato del Fantasma. Mm-hmm. Escobar says, after that championship match, the North American title caught his eye. Says it represents, says it represents uh, USA and Mexico, so it technically belongs to him because he was born a champion and he was he's the emperor of Lutra. The funniest thing about that 
is uh, what is his name? Wild DJZ. Uh, he goes. What about Canada? <laughs> Escobar goes. They don't count. <laughs> we have so, uh, a third of the continent. Yeah. Oh my god. So uh, so that's what he basically lays claim to the title that Bronson Reed's holding. Uh, and as Legado del Fantasma begins to circle the ring, as they, like they're going to strike on him, shield style, uh, MSK comes out, and they make the save. Everybody scatters. MSK and Bronson Reed are standing tall. Legato runs with a tablet tucked between their legs. Okay. Next up, this we have... This is where I got cut off, right here. This is where I got off. Well, there's two things left. That's yeah, the, cross, much. the cross yeah, was, and Balor match is really long. Um, so next up, William Regal announced that next week, yeah, next week because it was last night. Uh, <laughs> triple Threat will be because I'm used to back in the day I was doing Wednesday like last Wednesday. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> William Regal announces the Triple Threat for next week's NXT main event will be Kyle O'Reilly, cool, so cool, Kyle, Pete Dunne. And Johnny Gargano to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Uh, and the winner will face the champion at NXT TakeOver in your house. So not only did they announce the number one contender match, but they also announced the next NXT TakeOver, which is in your house. So that's like a, you know, I like that little throwback mm-hmm. there. Yeah, so that's cool. Which, I don't really like that he did that. Or that they even announced that match. Because uh-huh. you're telling me that so basically they need a number one contender. Yep. So you're telling me Finn Balor's gonna lose. They're gonna lose, yeah. I kinda kinda yeah. choreographed the uh yeah. the finish yeah. of the match a little yeah, bit. I don't know how the match ended, but yeah, I've never liked when they do that. No. They, they, you know, yeah. Because if if Cross loses, he gets a rematch. Yeah, and he's the number one contender. Yeah, because let's talk about this. How many times in wrestling have they booked a bit any any promotion company, whatever, have they booked a big match, right? Say for a pay per view. And then two nights or a week before that, they book another championship match with somebody mm-hmm. else. And you're like Terrible. you know that guy ain't winning that because yeah. they're already booking this other one like big time. Exactly. Like like you can't sell me on that. Like like Suspend belief. It's terrible booking. Like I hate that. Like, right. you know, I, I'm gonna fan. fast forward through that match because I know that they're not gonna. They win. could have even. They could have waited until the very end of the match and been like, and William Regal could have came out to the stage and been like, next week to determine the number yeah. one contender. Why didn't they right, do right. so And that could right. have closed, the closed off the show. And so, if, but, if, if that match before the big match was ever won by that other contender. Then we know that that the main event's going to end up being a triple threat at the pay per view. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when us, us marks become smart marks. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. As it were. We're, we're thinking too much, and they don't pay us to think. So right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't. Uh, next up, we have the main event, and it was. The reason you say you missed the second hour is because I think it was like 45 minutes, to be honest. It, it, it had to have been like 40 at least. Oh, uh, was it? Yeah. Right. It was, it was a long, long... Was the entrances long? No, actually. They no, came back from no. commercial break. Finn Balor is sitting on the turnbuckle and Cross <laughs> is like finishing up his entrance. Uh, see, I hate that. Let me, so, 
parts of wrestling right. entrances. Especially like Finn's entrance, you know, yeah, crowd interaction, yeah, you love it. Awesome. So, anyway, but it, what, I didn't think it was cool that he was just like kind of like sitting back there on on the turnbuckle, waiting for Cross just to get finish what he's doing. And you know how usually uh, Cross gets up there and starts beating his chest. Yeah. Well, instead of doing that, he just like because uh, Finn Balor's back here on this turnbuckle, okay. and he just kind of looks back at him, and then they do the they do a face off and just begin the match. So did, uh, did Cross wear the loincloth again? Yeah, he wore the gladiator skirt. Yep, the the Kratos <laughs> loincloth. Yeah. So he's sticking with it. It's not a one time thing. He's, he's going to be a Spartan or whatever he is. Okay. Uh, he is. Which has nothing to do with his entrance or his gimmick. Not even but, a little bit. No. 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 Um, anyway, so it was a long match. It was a good match. It was a grueling match. Obviously, you got Finn Balor. You got Karrion Cross. Was it stiff? It was, uh, certain parts of it, yeah. Okay. But most of it was, you know, Finn doing all his stuff. Um, towards the end there, the way it ended was... You had Cross throw Finn onto the table... Uh, not just table, roll him in the ring and just start giving him stiff shots to the back of the neck with the el- uh, arms. Uh. And Finn returns fire with the same exact thing. So, at one point, Karrion has Finn on the mat, laying face first, and just bashing him with his forearms to the back of the head. Oh, wow. Within seconds, Finn's doing the exact same thing to him. <laughs> And then they end up exchanging a few more things, uh, and Cross hits him with the finisher. One, two, three, Cross. No, no. Not pinfall, I'm sorry. Cross gets him and puts him to sleep with his uh, choke. Ah, so so Ballard didn't tap. That's the way it... No, he, he passed out. Okay. And right before that, he actually put Cross's choke on uh, Cross. Okay. Sorry about the echo, guys. AJ, uh, I think he took a bathroom break and he left his earbuds laying by his microphone. So that's why you hear the echo if you do hear it. So he should be back uh, for a second. Sorry about that. Here he comes. So, yeah. Uh, so Sorry, uh, sorry that, that was weird. It's okay. okay. Uh, we, uh, so, so, yeah, at one point Finn did have Cross in his, uh, I forget what his move is called, but he has him in the the choke, and when he does, Cross starts to go out, right? And the ref does the whole, grab his arm to get ready to drop it, and right whenever he goes to drop it, Cross grabs the ref by the wrist, like, and holds on, like, don't you dare, um, he, uh, he was like, don't you dare ring that bell, because the, the ref was literally like, gonna ring the bell. He was like that close because it looked like Cross had passed out. And then oh, after that, okay. after that's whenever he reversed it, put Finn in, in the uh, move, and put Finn to sleep. Prince Balor. So and that is finished NXT. Cross retains the championship. Next week we'll find out the, the uh, number one contender. Okay. Interesting there. So it sounded like it was a pretty good episode. Uh, basically, it looks like I just missed that last match. So, all right. So that is the recap in the uh, week in wrestling. So uh, thanks for sticking with us through that. So we're going to jump right into uh, the next uh, thing on the docket here. Uh, it's uh, the P 
pick Primo's brain, which is kind of just uh, you know, where I ask Primo a question each week. So it's going to go to AJ as well. So let me show you that graphic. So I'm going to let you guys, uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and then we'll come back uh, after the graphic and let you guys answer it. So, all right, see if you guys can go back in your wrestling memory brain. When was the first time you've seen a wrestler bleed on TV? Be right back. All right, boys, what do you think? The first time you ever saw a wrestler bleed on TV, if you can remember. Anybody? I I think one of the first times was Ric Flair when he was in WWE. So it had to have been like 90, 91, something like that. Okay. And the only reason I the only reason I remember is because because he had that like white blonde hair and it was like bright red. That's the only right. I, so I want to say like Ric Flair like ninety one ish before the Royal Rumble that he won one of those. That okay. was mine. I was gonna say uh, if it wasn't Flair because Flair always sticks out. Flair and Shawn Michaels always stick out in my head for being like leaders, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, it, it was probably for me. It had to be because I started watching in early Attitude Era. Uh, it's probably Mankind. Uh, more than likely. Yeah. For me, it was probably Mick Foley. Uh, Bleak, you know, he was bleeding all the time, so. <laughs> right. For me, right now, I'm going to yeah. go way back. For me, the first time I saw a wrestler bleed, I'll say this, is wasn't before, was even before Flair, Abdullah the Butcher. This dude, oh used, his head just straight up. Oh, yeah. He used to yeah. Kiss so the much. stars and yeah, the dents in his head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looked like, uh, that's how Devon's head looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the bleeding. Yeah, so it was the first time I seen him. So Undead Lumberjack said it has to be Flair, which is a lot of people. I so. mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that's when you see Flair in that whitish blonde hair, just all red. Yeah, and then yeah, Sean definitely always has like the literal crimson mask. Yeah, Sean, it was like it was always pouring out of his long hair, like it was yeah. playing, you know, gross. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yes. All right, guys. We are up to our drop kick discussion of the week. We're going to take a quick little one minute break here. But we today we are talking about our top five favorite managers or valets. So we're going to take a quick little uh, break here. I'm going to let you guys look at the graphic. We'll be back here uh, in uh, just about a minute. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. It's Primo from Sit Down Marks. Just a quick reminder that you can now catch audio replays on Spotify, iHeartRadio. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and now every Thursday on Sportinary on Free Online Sports Radio at 7.15. Now back to the Dropkick Discussion of the Week, Top 5 Managers and Valets. Oh, Alright guys, we are back. Alright, here we go. Now we're going to get into the Dropkick Discussion of the Week. First of all, I want to thank everybody on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Sportinarium.com online radio for everybody that is uh, has downloaded uh, the, the, the show, and we appreciate all the support. All right, so let's talk our top five managers of ballet. So quick little, uh, go, let's go to this real quick. This is just uh, our top five favorite manager of ballets. Now, these are the managers and ballets that uh, would cheat to help their heel or face person win. You know, they would get in the way and take bumps sometimes. Um, you know, they would make you hate. 
you know, the the managers would make you hate their heel uh, wrestlers that they were with or love their baby face wrestlers that they were with. So your top five favorites. So we're going to go from five to one. And then uh, I got a little list of some that don't end up making the list. You just made the list. AJ, you just though. made the list. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, oh, touche, touche. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here we go. All right, and if you have a manager of Valley that you want to mention in the chat, feel free to do so. Yeah, man. Uh, as also, we start top five here, let us know what you think in the chat. Also, uh, dirty before before we begin, I uh, not only did I make my top five, but I look at that, look at this. We got Dirty's top five right there. I made made a little guessy guess. All see, right. Uh, to see so, how, how accurate. Uh, I mean, we've known each other a long time, so. Okay, yeah. Let's see, uh, see how close I am. I'm guessing <laughs> two out of five. Nope. Okay. Three out of five. Uh, yeah, three's probably safe. All right, right off the bat, Undead Lumberjack comes in with Jimmy Hart at number five. So, all right, so yeah, so as soon as we get done with this, we'll, I'll go back and uh, we'll compare with what AJ got with me and see how it is. So, who wants to start us off, man? Top five. Start at five. Start eight. Off. All right, no. Primo. Unless you just want to go, AJ, that's fine. But I will start. Uh, turn, it doesn't matter if you want to start. <laughs> I'm about choked on my rowdy right here. Uh, first off, I have an honorable mention. My, my honorable mention, she did not make my top five. Okay. She was a valet for Savio Vega. She was also a member of Team Extreme. EC uh, And her name is Lita. Lita. She's, a, she's an honorable mention. She didn't make my top five. I, I would have put her on your top five had I made a list for you as well. My top five, though, number five does start out with, let me holler at you, player, Teddy Long. He started out as a referee. Yep. Now, and after that, he managed a ton of wrestlers in Jim Crockett Promotions, WCW, went on to manage people like D'Lo Brown, Rodney Mack, uh... Mark Henry, Jazz, uh, went on to become, and then afterwards he went on to become one of the best GMs in history of WWE. So, yeah, my number five is The Undertaker. The Undertaker. (laughs) So, yeah, my number five is Teddy Long. All right. AJ, number five. So, I also have an honorable mention. He would have maybe made the top five if I had more exposure to him. Uh, not much though. It is Colonel Robert Parker. He was the the like Southern dandy fop, you know, like the yeah, yeah. Yep, he looked like he, he had the Colonel him. Sanders suit on. Yeah, like yeah, the white yeah, yeah. suit. Always you love seeing this bro. guy get the crap beat out of him. He was that good. Yep, loved that guy. But didn't awesome. put him on the list because I didn't have that much exposure to him. However, number five. Uh, Dirty, I'll know. You'll, you'll know. That's kind of an obscure one. You'll know who it is. Primo, I hope you know who this is. Uh, the genius of glory and renown, Lanny Poffo. Lanny Poffo, Macho's brother. Love yeah. Macho's brother, which they never brought the up genius. at all. The genius. Loved the genius. He would get into the ring and, like, he wrote all of those little stupid poems that he would read. He had, like, the little, uh, like, scroll and he wore a yeah. board and, and, uh, <laughs> The graduate outfit. Down. Like, it was fantastic. And he was yeah. he was all weird and eccentric. And he was great, though. I loved Lanny Popoff. 
And by the way, he should have been the one that introduced or indu- inducted uh, Macho Man into the Hall of Fame, not Hulk Hogan. Um, yep. Totally agree. So my my number five is uh, Lenny Poffo. He did a lot. Of, he managed the the Beverly Brothers, and um, I'm trying to think of who I think he was with Mr. Per- yeah, he was with Mr. Perfect for a while. Um, but yeah, he was and great. Then, like, and then he had that show of um, he had like his own little show, kind of like Piper's Pit or something mm-hmm. like that. So. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'm going to start with my number five. You know, I come from the deep south wrestling, you know, of uh, NWA, WCW, all that kind of stuff. Look, I, I got a ton of honorable mentions, you know, and I'm going to just read them off at the end if none of these are on anybody's list. So, all right, let me preface this with saying first that um, any selections made in my top five is based on wrestling only, not anything outside of wrestling, anything that Twitter has caused, Anything, uh, mm-hmm. this is wrestling based only. So, number five for me is the manager of the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette. He's the, he's one of the <laughs> baddest heels ever. You know, you love seeing him take bumps. You know, one of the my best childhood memories is seeing him fall off the scalpel uh, in Starcade 85 when the Road Warriors threw him off. He took a big bump. You know, he had he always carried this uh, uh, tennis racket, tennis racket. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, he was synonymous with uh, Midnight Express. You know, he talked about his mama and uh, in, uh, being the greatest thing on earth. Yep, <laughs> in her kitchen, yep. So uh, he, he was great, man. He was probably, you know, I mean, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, to me is, you know, one of the best feuds ever. But um, Jim made that. You know, I mean, the heel tactics and stuff like that. So, Jim Jim made that interesting, and uh, he made you really hate him. So, all right, Primo, number four. Number four. So, she is the only woman that did make my top five. She managed the likes of Randy Savage for a time being. She managed HBK Shawn Michaels. And she managed one of my favorite tag teams of all time, Harlem Heat. That's Sherry Martell, and not only does it that she manage great talent, but she was a heel manager, and she loved to get her hands dirty. So it's like she'd get in there. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought she was smoking hot too. I, I thought she oh, was so yeah. much hotter I mean, than Elizabeth. They, I really did. And wait, hold was, on, let me throw my notes. Okay, <laughs> she was smoking hot like uh, like you'd love to meet her at a bar one night. You know what I mean? Right, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And hey, but I'm gonna say this. An exception of maybe one other guy on my list, Sherry bumped, man. Sherry she did. bumped a lot, and she sold she like a mother. Probably I'm saying, yeah, she probably would, she got favorite. in there, and you yeah. know she would, you know, Sherry Martell, sensational Sherry. You know, she wasn't afraid to get her hands dirty. Yeah. All right, AJ, don't go next because my number four is sensational Sherry as well. <laughs> number four. Number four, AJ. All right, let's see. Five. Four. Sensational Sherry. Okay. All right. All right. I think that's the first time we had a three-way tie there. All of this. Yeah. All three. Yeah. That was wild. Number Especially at the same number. Sensational Sherry Martell. Scary Sherry, as scary people Sherry. like to call her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a, yep. God, what a great, what a great man she was. She was great. She could, she could talk too. She was a, uh, she was a good promo. Yeah. Like you remember that promo that she had with uh, uh, Ultimate Warrior when she was trying to get Macho Man uh, 
uh, tag or a, a championship match. And she basically like was very suggestive and like got down on her knees in front of Ultimate Warrior. And yeah, Ultimate yeah. Warrior was just being like, because he's Ultimate Warrior. Back when they great. did, like, back when they did the promos with Mean Gene on like that podium, it looked like they were standing in the middle of the crowd. You know, in, what I mean? in the crowd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Undead Lumberjack says he had number uh, Sensational Sherry before <laughs> also. Oh, all right, four way tie, four way tie. Oh my God, Remo number three. <laughs> Number three, you know, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, not by a whole lot, but uh, he had to make my list. He's one of the greatest of all time. The Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, you know, he managed managed them all. Hulk Hogan, Hart Foundation, Ted DiBiase, Honky Talk Man, you just keep going on that list. Yeah. Anybody they needed made or get over, Jimmy Hart. Right. Andre. Yeah. Excellent. I didn't like him though because he was with Hon- I, I I had this like aversion to Honky Tonk Man. So when he was with Honky Tonk Man, um, yeah. I just I started hating him. I was like, right. oh my, you're his and voice the, and the, the bullhorn. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And the thing about Jimmy too is Jimmy didn't. I mean, he bumped. He didn't bump a whole lot. Jimmy was more that annoying. Yeah, you know, uh, distraction, like, little, yeah, like, face yeah. distraction. You know, you wanted yeah. to beat him over the face like a little mat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Primo number three. That I mean, I'm sorry, number AJ three. number three. <laughs> AJ. So, so number three for me, uh, he only ever managed one, maybe two that I can remember. Uh, Bill Moody, aka Percy Pringle, aka Paul Paul Bear. Nice, good one, man. I was, yeah, I was terrified of Paul Bear when I was a kid. Um, Oh, yes, that was fantastic. Yeah, (laughs) third impression was worse, second one was worse. (laughs) What are you throwing your list, Primo? No, I'm kidding. Bear was great. Like he had like the the contorted facial features. He had that creepy high pitched voice. He earned like oh he, yes. Uh, he was he was just great, and uh, he was of course with the Undertaker, and he he did manage Kane for a while. Yeah, and um, so that was during their their whole feud, and yeah, he was I just the best. He because like, Undertaker at first was with. Um, who's the super red faced guy? Um, um, uh, um, Buddy Love. Brother Love. Brother Love. Brother Love. Brother Love. That was such a weird um, pairing and it like didn't make any sense. But then when he got Paul Bear, it was like, okay, now this guy's like legit. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, mean, so I, was, I didn't put Paul on my list just because, I mean, he's freaking legendary. Absolutely. But, you know, he just, he just, you know, he was just kind of uh, his, um, you know, like uh, almost like dad figure kind of. He didn't bump too much, you know, nothing like that. So. No, he didn't. Yeah. Um, he got in the coffin once or twice. Brother Love, what's his real name? Bruce. Uh, Richard. Richard, thank you. Bruce All Richard, right. yeah. Undead Lumberjack, number three, Paul Heyman. Pretty good Paul one. Paul Heyman. Not on my list, but definitely, uh, definitely in there. All right, so me, number three. This is where my NWA comes into play. Um, for me, number three, he was the legendary manager of the Forestman. So these guys right here. So my number three, J.J. Dillon, the manager of the Four Horsemen. 
you know, he uh, he led them. He talked, you know, good. He he uh, always kept business deals. You know, he would bring them back when they need to be brought back. He would sick them on the on the baby faces. So for me, it's JJ Dillon, man, because I mean, Four Horsemen is like big part of my wrestling childhood, and JJ Dillon was right there with him. He was basically the only manager ever, really. So you know, the only one kind of legit enough to me, I think, to kind of fit in that group. So for me, number three, JJ Dillon, Primo, number two. Uh-huh. Number two for me was none other than Paul Bearer. Okay. Uh, but I actually do have one thing. To, he actually did manage three people that I know of, which the other, the third one, he did mankind, did manage mankind also. Uh, but for, for, yeah, I forgot about that too. For yeah. all the same reasons as AJ said, uh, there's not much more we need to cover on that. I mean, AJ said everything perfectly about Paul Bearer. I uh, I specifically remember. Whenever it was after the Survivor Series where American um, Badass Undertaker got buried alive by Kane, then he came back at WrestleMania 20, and you hear, and then you just heard the voice come over to to introduce the dead man back. So, uh, yep. yeah, Paul Bearer for sure. He's my number two. Okay. AJ? So, number two is the same as um, Dead Lumberjacks uh, number three, and that would be Mr. Paul Heyman. Okay. Um, I I just think he's one of the best talkers in the history of the entire business. Um, And, like, when you have someone like Brock Lesnar, who um, is just, has everything (laughs) except being able to talk. Yeah. Um, when you have someone like Brock Lesnar, like all you need is someone like this is why Paul Heyman is a necessity in in this in this business because he spoke for Brock. Like he kind of speaks for Roman, but not really. Um, but he's he's basically just the best hype man ever. And plus. In uh, ECW, like, he wasn't a manager. Obviously, he was the owner, but he cut some of the best promos ever, and I, I love Paul Heyman. I think he has one of the best wrestling minds in the business, so that's why he is my number two. Um, and he doesn't speak for Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns lets him speak. Lets him speak, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Allows him to speak. Even, yeah. even better. <laughs> All right, guys. My number two, this is the last woman on my list. You know, probably the most famous woman ballet in wrestling history. You know, it's Miss Elizabeth yeah. man, with, with the macho. Uh, you know, she didn't have to talk. You know, I mean, she she got it done out there in the ring when she needed to. We loved her. I don't remember ever really hating her ever. You know what I mean? Like it was like I almost was always scared that she would get hurt or um, you know or, or something like that. But man, there's but but for me, what sticks is the storylines that Elizabeth was involved in in wrestling that have stood the test of time. They're all legendary, right? Yeah, they're all legendary. Yeah. So for me, I had to have her in my top two. So Miss Elizabeth, number two. All right, pretty much. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Really, really quick with with Miss Elizabeth. I think you kind of nailed her like main appeal is that like she was like a deer in the headlights all the time. Which, sure. 
like you just kind of wanted to like be protective of it the whole time. But yeah, okay, sorry, that's my little interjection. <laughs> all right, Primo, so start at number five and go all the way to one here with your top five. Five to one, my top five favorite managers slash melees of all time. Number five, Theodore Long, Tay Long. Uh, number four, Sherry Martell, Sensational Sherry. Three, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. Number two, Paul Bearer. And number one, I almost just said it. <laughs> Paul Hammond, you can't see that, but Paul Hammond, or Paul E. Dangerously, whatever you want to call him, currently manages... Currently, Mark manages, uh, manages Roman Reigns. Actually, I'm sorry. He's currently Roman Reigns' special counsel. Right. He, special counsel. Was, he was the advocate for Brock Lesnar. He managed CM Punk, Big Show, Mean Mark Callis, which is The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Also, the Dangerous Alliance. You can't forget yep. about that. Yep. Yep. Uh, he is for exactly what AJ just said. The What he does on the mic is bar none. Like, yeah. It's amazing. And even I find myself every now and then I'll catch a highlight of like talking smack or something. And if he's on there talking to a wrestler, I just, I'm glued. And like, cause yeah. he just, he talks to him and he, he'll talk to this with any wrestler. It's almost like he's inspiring them or like coaching them all in one talk, but still telling him that Roman's better than them at the same time. Right. Uh, you know, but no, he's, he's, he's great. And he's done, I mean, he's been a manager my entire time that I've been watching wrestling. So oh, he yeah, had to yeah. be my number one. Got it. Got it. Oh, got you it. can't forget ECW. Of course. <laughs> Worm Rider yeah, said, there was oh, ECW. Didn't say, excuse me. Excuse me. Well, Vicky G. That's, that's true. All right, AJ, <laughs> we got number one. So, well, first, uh, so number five, I had the genius Lanny Popo. Number four was Sensational Sherry Martell. Number three, Paul Bear. Number two, Paul Heyman. And number one, this, right when you um, announced this category, boom. Number one, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Without question, jumped right into my mind. I'm like, that's he's my yeah. favorite of all time. Yeah. He, I'm with you. Not only did he, not only did he have the, the best heels in his stable mm-hmm. all, ever, he was so good at talking. He was so funny and so sharp. And yes. like he could put over whoever he wanted just by being him. He got in the ring. He did some bumps. I, he fought the Red Rooster once, which was yes. Yes. just amazing. Yeah, we've seen this guy get let down to his underwear before. Like he Just yeah. like a woman to try to try to break back into uh, my role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love seeing Heyman is my number one as well. We love seeing him get beat up probably more than any manager ever. Yeah. Like when he took a bump, like you were like, Oh yeah, get him, get him like you know, like yeah. 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 So for me, five Jim Cornette, four sensational Sherry, three JJ Dillon, two Elizabeth, one Bobby the Brain Heenan. All right, guys, let me throw out some here real quick that we might have forgot about or did it. Paul Ellering. Uh, the uh, Road Warriors. Sunny. Yep, Road Warriors. She's been spoken about tonight. Um, <laughs> she Mr. started. Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji. How he about, was traded down, though. Yeah. How about Captain Lou Albano? 
How about uh, Gary Hart? Him, mainly. Don't Gary save from Hart. the don't save from the uh, from the girls just want to have fun video. I wasn't. I was gonna say from the Goonies are good enough. Video. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, all right, and then uh, also Brother Love, Slick, Baby Doll. You guys, remember Baby Doll with Dusty and the Forest uh-huh. Man? Yeah, she went through all that. And then last but not least, you guys might not even know, but uh, Paul Jones. He was the manager oh, of Joe. Pistol Pez Watley, Baron Von Roski, um, uh, <laughs> Barbarian. He was manager. Ah, the Barbarian. Yeah, Dutch Mantel. Yeah, there's another one too. Same uh, state along his lines. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say Dutch Mantel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Who was also, uh, we, 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 the people. people. All right, so, so that is uh, our dropcake discussion. That was interesting, boys. That was fun. So do you want to yes. hear who I did for, I guessed for your top five? I got three right. Okay. So, number five, I thought you were going to put Paul Bearer. Number four, I thought you were going to put uh, Freddie Blassie. I thought you were going to include okay. in there. That's good. Uh, number three, I nailed J.J. Dillon. Sure. Number two, Jim Cornette. Number one, Bobby Heenan. That's, that's who yeah. I thought. So, that's three, three, three out of five. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. Way to pigeonhole me, AJ. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll do it again. All right, let's roll down through the next uh, uh, rumors and stuff we're going to talk about here, and then we're going to quickly go over the AEW Double or Nothing card, and then we're going to uh, take this thing home. So, uh, did anybody watch the Ultimate Warrior a biography? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I did too. It was good, kind of normal story. Saw a little bit of uh, Dana, her, uh, you know, kind of involvement and in everything that went on. So, mm-hmm. what'd you guys I think? I also What's heard that she may not have liked it. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I read, I read that So she didn't get to see there the final cut there, I guess. There wasn't a lot of new information Same. that you didn't already yeah. know about Ultimate Warrior. Like, he was kind of a prick backstage. and yeah. Well, not, not a prick. He was just he didn't care about the business. He just wanted, you know, the money, basically. Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was good, but eh, no. Oh, my mistake. It was not the A&E one. It's and is this a coincidence, by the way, that the fact that Sunday night we have the A&E special, and this Thursday we have Dark Side of the Ring Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dana Warrior, Go ahead. She called the Dark Side of the Ring special Smut and Filth. Oh. Smut and Filth. Mm, yeah, because they're not portraying the happy side. So, all right, Collision uh, in Korea was the dark side of the ring this week. I think Primo was the only one that got to watch it. Man, was it good? It is good. And yeah, I, I thought it was insane, really man. So yeah. basically, for anybody that hasn't seen Collision in Korea, doesn't know about the story. Uh, at the time, you know, Eric Bischoff was rekindling the relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they basically came into an agreement with Antonio Noki, who came up with this idea that they'll have this joint wrestling promotion in North Korea. They'll have Antonio Noki, who over in Japan was like as big as bigger than Hulk Hogan, probably. And uh, they went, they all get on a plane, and, and plus my uh, Muhammad Ali was with them too. Which yeah, I think, yeah. Which I think actually helped them a little bit, uh, to be honest. But, uh, so, see, effort to promote everything, and Eric Bischoff also did it without, without permission from the top execs, he says, in the, in the uh, documentary, anyway. This, so, uh, North Korea provides 
a plane for them to fly over there with. And when that happens, um, they realize it's like a military cargo type jet or cargo plane puddle jumper. And they quickly realize that this is not going to be very fun. They're going to be over there for like four to six days, I believe. And, uh, so we, we, uh, basically they get to North Korea and immediately their passports and any American technology, cause like a Walkman or anything like that was immediately confiscated. Their yeah. passports were confiscated right as yeah. soon as they got off. Yeah. Um, they're surrounded by armed, uh, North Korean military. But don't spoil they, how, it, how it ends, but just kind of, you know. Yeah, so basically, they are, it's almost like they're in prison the whole time. Yeah, yeah, they're being held. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a hairy it's situation. crazy. Yeah, 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 I can't wait to watch it. I'm, Long I'm, story I'm, short, North Korea hates Americans, and it, yeah. What? Yeah. Scott yeah. Norton no, tells a great yeah. story about it. Yep, Scott Norton tells a great story about it. Probably the best story of it all. But yeah, there's also a podcast, 83 Weeks, Eric Bischoff, where he uh, talks about it. It's really interesting. So uh, Sunday is Mick Foley uh, biography. Yes. Mm, I'm looking forward to it. That'd be good. Yep. Uh, Wrestling promotions. Yeah, I'd probably ruin it then. Well, I mean, you know, if you kind of know the story. But, you know, I always end up watching this stuff because I like to see the little tidbits they get from the wrestlers talking about what happened or whatever. I mean, it's like we all know the story already, but we're probably going to watch it, you know, just because. Yeah. All right. So, uh, wrestling looks like is opening up, uh, here soon to all fans. Thank you. Uh, world. Pandemic, I, uh, I, I, I move away from my home state born and raised in Texas and now all the wrestling events are in Texas. Yep. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they are going to be in Texas and Florida. Like, that's where yeah. all of them are going to be. Um, they are uh, – Money in the Bank is going to be in Fort Worth, right? Is that what I've seen? Uh, I'm not sure. I, there's definitely an event there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Houston? Was it Houston? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I think so. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're doing something running there, so. I was trying to think, yeah, because I just watched it today. Yeah, it's somewhere in, it, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling going on in Texas. So. Uh, AEW is going to go nationwide, though. Yes, they are going yeah, nationwide. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, um, they're in Fort Worth, by the way. Money okay, Bank good. In Fort Worth. Good deal, good deal. All right, guys, one last time. I want to thank everybody listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Sportinarium.com online radio. We can't thank you guys for enough enough for downloading and uh, checking us out here. So also uh, to uh, Rowdy, we are sipping up our last little sips of Rowdy here, so it must be getting close to the end of the show. And also thank you to Coastland Apparel. Use promo code BIRDTV, B-I-R-D-T-V, for 15% off. All right, guys, let's talk about, um, uh, we talked about earlier in the show, um, we lost to Jack, uh, ECW wrestler, so. Uh, um, Not a good, uh, I wasn't laughing at that, by the way. I, I laughed right when you said we lost New Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing at AJ's placement of his coastline hat. I did, I did just now, so I. Oh, uh, yeah, right over the corner. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly placed, yeah. But, yeah, we talked about New Jack earlier. And uh, But another thing, too, I want to talk about, what do you guys think about Charlotte's kind of character evolution right now? It's uh, a little, uh, yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. 
she's uh, like super mega like heel. Red Queen. Like she's yeah. wearing like, you know, yeah, like yeah. her outfit's like the Red Queen, like off with his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, she should have little hearts like hearts, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Nat- Natalie might not like that. <laughs> Give me I, think I think it'd be funny. That'd be <laughs> fine. All right, AJ, we got AEW Double or Nothing on Sunday. Run down the card really fast. We're getting to the end here. So just kind of tell us what the card is here. So this card is going to show it's going to be fantastic. It's in front of a live audience. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Casino Battle Royale, which uh, has, you know, 55 people in it. Uh, Winner gets a shot at, I believe, the AEW title, I want to say. Um, Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Cage. That should be a, a interesting match. The match that terrifies me, Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Sting taking bumps. I don't want to see it. Um, up next is American Dream. Cody Rhodes versus Anthony Ogogo. And then... <laughs> I'm just excited to see how Cody comes out. I, I am too. Like that's that's basic. I want him to come out in polka dots, just to be extra ridiculous. Come out in polka dots. I mean, I know that's not American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, but right, polka yeah. dots, yay! Um, and then for the TNT Championship, Miro versus Lance Archer. Then uh, Hikaru Shida versus Doctor Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World Championship. <laughs> and Britt Baker's winning that one without question. Ah, uh, thanks. Let's get that middle on a heel. Yeah. It's always so much better on a heel. And then uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Young Bucks. Uh, I think the Young Bucks retain. Like, I don't think they're going to. They shouldn't lose those belts for a long time. Uh, yeah, it ain't time yet. It ain't time yet. And then uh, the Inner Circle versus the Pinnacle for the Stadium Stampede match that they say is not going to be a comedy fest this time. It's going to be an actual. Match. That's gonna be a fight, I think. There's, they're yeah. gonna put on the show. I'm interested to see how much Jericho is gonna be involved with the elbow. With his elbow. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, finally, main event: Orange Cassidy versus the Bastard Pack versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. This is All gonna right. be a great show. Yeah, this is gonna be a great show. First of all, I want to thank Undead Lumberjack Twenty Two. You have won yourself some brand new, fresh, hot off the press sit down marks uh, um, uh, stickers here. So thank you for watching the show. Message me on uh, Twitter or Facebook uh, as you see the links right there on my uh, Twitch page. So congratulations, you have won uh, those. So thanks for uh, interacting with us uh, here during the show. I we just. Appreciate it. I see, uh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, that was, that was it. I say, I was going to say, I just see Jericho doing the, uh, remember when Batista had the arm brace on? And he just, like, slowly takes it off. Uh, yeah. He just, yeah so I, that's, that's, I see that happening, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be okay with that. <laughs> All right, so right now, everybody, starting with AJ, rate your top three sh- wrestling shows. So, AEW... NXT, can I put NXT twice? AEW, NXT, SmackDown, anything that's not Raw, I would put Impact above Raw. Raw's at the very bottom right now. Yep. I'm I'm AEW, NXT, Impact. That's my top three. I am 
from uh, three would be NXT, number two would be AEW, and number one would be Sid Denmark's. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Very good. Well played. A winner is you. Also, guys, exactly. make sure you go follow us on Twitter at, at uh, Sit Down Marks S I T D O W N M A R K S for everything going on with the show. All right, quick little notes here before we end up. Uh, Will Osprey had to vacate the IWGP Heavyweight Title because of a neck injury. I hate that. I think he's yeah one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's talk about NXT releases. So I've heard Alexander Wolf is gone. He is about to hit yep. the Indies. He was a part of Imperium. Right. Uh, he he's going back to Germany. He has rebranded himself Axel the Axeman, which I think was his <laughs> name before. So he's back in Germany. Axel the Axeman. I was kind of a fan of his. I thought he was a great bumper. I, I thought Wolf was a great bumper. But anyway, uh, referee Drake Wirtz is, had been released, so it sounds like there's some people happy about that and some not. Yep. And then uh, the Even biggest one probably the Death guy. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, probably the biggest headline notes: uh, NXT WWE releases Velveteen Dreams. Velveteen Dreams with his with his backstage shenanigans and. <laughs> Actually thinking that he is his character, which is never <laughs> a good idea when you're, you know, in NXT and not Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels can get away with it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the show for today. Episode number 11 of Sit Down Marks. I want to thank everybody across all the platforms for listening, man. Can't thank you guys enough. Right here on Twitch TV slash Dirty Bird 33. Thank you guys. I also want to thank my co host today, Primo and AJ. Great job, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Still the uh, reigning sit down marks pay per view champion. Uh, will be put on the line in a couple months at SummerSlam. I'm sure yep. it's not going to leave this table right here, but I will put it on the line. That thing's coming back to the Midwest, boy. It's going to look good. Right, right over here somewhere yeah, where you can see it. And I'm going to talk about it every day. Just like every, you. Day. <laughs> every, every day. As you should. As you as should. As should. Right, right. All right, guys. But once again, yeah, like everybody across right. all our platforms. Also, uh, sportinarium.com online radio. We are live Thursdays at 7.15 right after the Thomas Rice Show. So thank you guys yeah. so much. And uh, we'll be live on Thursday night. So thank you. All right. Next week. Episode number 12, we'll be coming back. We're going to talk about Double or Nothing, what happened there. Our uh, drop kick discussion of the uh, the week will be top five wrestling cities. Now, this will pertain to fans, basically, who's got the rowdiest and most uh, 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 dedicated fans, so to speak. So that will be fun. Uh, we'll probably have a guest on here again in a couple weeks. So... Uh, I'm the Dirty Bird Man once again. If you are interested in any sit-down marks, uh, uh, stickers, man, we are giving these away free. Message me on Twitter or Facebook. Name and address, man. I'll get those out to you. Also, one last thing. This just come in. Wanted to show you guys this. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Brand new. Uh, just came out. Um, for everybody listening, not watching. It's, uh, it's a caricature of uh, Kenny Omega, Bobby Lashley, um, Macchiotto, and Leo Rush on the front. Four of the sport's hottest stars tell all. So this is a, a, a pretty good uh, magazine. It's got a big write-up in here about RJ City, 
there's a big write-up in here about nice. Indy Wrestling, Bobby Lashley, um, uh, small thing in here about Bailey. Um, the only thing I've read so far is the 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 hot seat with Kenny Omega, and this is this is good. This is good. He uh, he talks about Japan, the Impact relationship, the Okada matches. So all, and then has a relationship with AEW. So this is a brand new one out. I think it hit. I get it, and it usually hits the newsstands about two or three two or three weeks later. So. I feel like I've already usually read it by the time they announce that it's out on newsstand. So, uh, so yeah, good magazine there. So, thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Primo. Appreciate it, AJ. Thank you. Next See you guys time. Right here, it's going to be All fun. right, boys. See you guys later. later. In your mama's kitchen. In your mama's In kitchen. In your mama's kitchen. Making them biscuits.